In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. All right, folks, we've got the uh, online dinner party going on on a uh, Wednesday afternoon, as we always do. I've got a number of uh, guests that are scheduled to appear and talk to us about a variety of things that they've got going on in their lives and with the various things that they are doing. So we are definitely looking forward to having a great conversation about a number of things that are happening around the world and that are going on. I know a number of folks are probably uh, either glad or um, not that excited that one of the debates was canceled. I understand that both of them will be holding a town hall, and I believe that that will be going on tomorrow. So they are going to have individual town hall meetings as uh, one of the uh, contestants, the current one holding 1600, decided that he did not feel like being in a virtual debate. So I don't know if he just felt that there might be a fly on the wall or something else that was going to cause all kinds of trouble in that debate, but he did opt not to come into the debate. And so therefore, we're going to have a couple of town halls, but I think there is another debate scheduled for next week. So that will be the final of the presidential debates. And of course, the elections are coming up in November. So we're going to find out who the winner is and what the country direction is going in in the next four years. So that is what is happening in the political front. And of course, the Supreme Court nomination is going forth. So they are definitely looking forward and having deliberations. I've actually made the mistake or had the enjoyment, depending on how you feel about it, to watch a couple of those. And definitely, I will say that she will probably get that nomination and will probably be sitting in the Supreme Court, even though I know a number of folks, including myself, are not all that happy about that fact. But, you know, we'll just roll with it any way that they give it to us. And we'll just kind of like go with the road punches, as the old saying goes, and just kind of like cope with it one way or the other. But that is what is happening here in this world. And we're going to see how it all plays out and what happens in that regard. So that's what's happening here in our world. Like I said, we're going to see how things play out and what goes on and what things decide to do when that goes on. I know that early voting here in North Carolina will be starting on tomorrow on October 15th. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that early voting day on tomorrow, but I do know that I plan to do early voting for sure. And I'm either going to make it on uh if not tomorrow, I'll definitely make it on Friday or no later than the following part of next week. The early voting is very important. We've got a number of local contests that are going on. And of course, we know that the local people oftentimes make the decisions that are very important. And, you know, COVID is impacting a lot of things around the world, including sports, because I saw that we had a game on yesterday. That's right. On Tuesday. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans were playing football on a Tuesday uh, evening, and Tennessee actually just kind of like destroyed Buffalo because it wasn't even a close game. They definitely were handling them in a lot of ways, and I know that one of our announcers here, Bill Tresvant, is not all that happy about that result as he is a big Buffalo Bills fan, but I can't really talk as my team, the Minnesota Vikings, is 1-3, and three, so they are not doing well 
at all, but I do root for them and all of that. They're doing almost as well as the Milwaukee Brewers, who made it into the playoffs and then made a quick exit after they made it into those playoffs because, like I said, they came in, made a quick exit, and now they are done. So I'm going to root for the Durham Bulls' parent company, which is the Tampa Bay team. So I am definitely looking forward to hearing from them as well. So definitely we've got all kinds of folks that are appearing in the house and that we'll be talking to in the course of the online dinner party, expecting a few more to be joining as well. But definitely that's some of the things that are going on in the world of politics, in the world of sports, and just in the world of life in general. So I'm going to bring in uh, first my guest, uh, Tawanda Wilson, and she's going to talk and then I'll bring in Dr. Funk as well. So how are you doing, Tawanda? How is everything going? I hope that uh, everything is going well in your life. I know things are definitely busy over here in Durham. As I was saying, we're going to start early voting on uh, tomorrow here in this area, but I was going to see how things are going where you are. So I know that you're involved in health practices and things of that nature. So definitely if you could uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on and uh, what's happening in your life with your business. And then, of course, I'll bring in Dr. Funk, and I'm expecting a couple of other guests as well. But I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've got going on in your world. Oh, well, all is well. Thank you so much for having me on over here. I'm in Cary, actually, as we speak. Uh, just got back from doing a small book tour in Los Angeles and San Diego, and that actually went very well. Um, the book Breaking My Family Poor Health Chain is actually doing really well. So I'm very pleased about that. And then, of course, in the holistic health practitioner world, um, business is going good. I'm grateful to say, especially doing all of the, you know, everything that's going on right now. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Definitely. If you would tell folks a little bit about uh, what you've got going on in the sense of your book and in the sense of what you're doing in terms of being an author, because like I said, I do know that you're an author and a lot of it revolves around health. And of course, with what we're going on with COVID and everything, health is definitely a very important issue for us to be considering. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, how the book came about and your role with the book and also about going to Los Angeles, because I know my uh, producer, um, Kim Calhoun, who's one of our main producers, she's been saying that she wants to get back to conferences and things of that nature. But unfortunately, not, a lot of them are gone virtually. But you actually made it to Los Angeles to one this time around. So if you would just share a little bit about your story and how that's going. Okay, gotcha. So with the book, we, we decided the book Breaking My Family Poor Health Chain was actually supposed to come out in October. But my publisher was kind of like, you got to get this out now because people need it. And what we're what it talks about are the eight essential lifestyle functions that you actually need in order to be healthy. And one of the things that I often ask clients is, um, are you healthy and how do you know? Because most people base their health off of how they look and how they feel. And we understand if you're basing it off of those two things, then um, you can be in some trouble. <laughs> if you're looking at, you know, I look good and I feel good, then I must be healthy. Um, we know that that's not true. So um, I started writing this book about 10 years ago and it just did not come to fruition because I just didn't know kind of what I wanted to put in the book. And then working with Noah Ark's publishing company, he kind of said, listen, let's just kind of narrow some things down and then we'll go with that. So was able to break it down to what I focus on in my business, which is the eight essential lifestyle functions, um, because they're just too important to, to we, we have to understand that in order to have health. And so that's what I decided to have the first book um, about 
And um, so far, as I said, it's been really good. I've been told that it's being used and, and should be used as a health guide. Um, and that's the way we set it up. It's a very quick, easy read. And it gives you breaking chain tips that you can actually start taking to break your family's poor health chain. And um, it also gives you action steps that you can take. And the whole reason I decided to write the book was because my family had issues with high blood pressure, diabetes, cancers, all of those things that they say are hereditary. And what I found was that they're not necessarily that they're hereditary because our epigenetics actually plays a bigger part in what what um, how our health is as opposed to our genetics. So we have to understand that what we do on a daily basis causes us to have those issues that lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, cancers, and all those things. So we get a we if we get control of that, then we have better control of our health. Um, yeah, in LA, so they had me come out so that I could do a couple of. Uh, couple of talk shows and some book signings. And so I got a chance to go in studio and uh, do some some amazing work. It was actually really good. I was with Dr. Leonard Thompson, who is actually with the NAACP and also with Robert Earl. Uh, and they are just an amazing team. They're, they were really good. So that actually was very fun. And then we had some intimate um, book settings uh, or book signings where there were about six people, six to 12 people. And we just did them at different restaurants and events so that we could just kind of uh, answer questions on the book and then just make sure that people were able to get copies for themselves and family members uh, because the book can actually lead to generational change if we actually start really adhering to what's going on. What do you think is one of the biggest myths that exists about our eating habits and things of that nature? Because like I said earlier, I know a lot of people have been more concerned about their food and things of that nature because of uh, what's going on with the pandemic. And a lot of people are definitely trying to change their diet sometimes by necessity, sometimes by force, because sometimes the finances aren't going quite the way you want. So then you wind up having to eat more economically and things of that nature. But what are some of the things that you have learned from your tours and from the book and just the, your own work and everything that you think that a lot of people might not be aware of in terms of some of the myths that exist within our eating habits and things of that nature? Um, I would say the two would be that the amount of protein that we have to eat. We hear a lot about eating protein, and that's generally what, as a vegan, you hear, well, where do you get your protein from? Um, so that's one of the, I think, the big myths that you have to have meat proteins and animal proteins and, and the amount that we eat. The second one I would say is fiber. We don't focus on fiber enough, and fiber has, you know, even now with every everyone talking about uh, your microbiome and all of that good stuff, like the digestive system, uh, fiber is essential, um, not just for the digestive system, but also for clients that have um, issues with diabetes and all of those things. So those would be the two myths that we don't talk about uh, fiber enough and we talk about protein probably too much. Gotcha. Yeah, I know a lot of people do concentrate on the fiber in their diets and things of that nature. And I've even heard some people suggesting that there are certain kinds of diets that might even be able to help out with um, the struggle with COVID and things of that nature. So I was wondering if you could talk about that, if you found anything in your research about some of the food diets that can help us as we're going around wearing masks and washing our hands and doing everything that the CDC is telling us to do. But I think that I've also heard them talk a lot about diet and things of that nature as well. So I know that that's one of your expertise. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can live a better life and even uh, fight the uh, illness that is spreading around the country and around the world. 
Yeah, I think boosting your immune system is essential to that. I think, of course, washing your hands and wearing a mask are all essential. But the bottom line is that Americans and and even in our uh, community, you know, it it affects us a lot more. And we have to look at our diet and and like I said, what we're doing on a daily basis. So not just the diet, but everything else. Um, with diet, I would say boosting and and increasing your your vegetables, because those are the antioxidants and the phytonutrients that we need to actually rebuild and repair our cells, but also boost our immune system, allow our digestive system to work like there's like it's supposed to, um, with making sure that we have good gut microbiome, the, the gut bugs that everybody's talking about now. Um, I would say that's definitely a way to uh, increase it without talking about a whole bunch of extra money, just add in more fruits and vegetables, you know, just add in more fruits and vegetables. Um, if you can fresh, if you cannot frozen is going to be the best. So those are definitely uh, two things that we can do to help with boosting the immune system, which will allow and, and protect you a little bit more with everything that's going on, not just this situation, but other situations as well. Like we have to gain control over what they call the standard American diet that, you know, is is latent with sugars and and all of the processed foods. And those are what can actually damage our health for sure. Yeah, one of the things that I have to admit to and I admitted to it on this program as well as other programs that we do here on IBM.TV is I am notorious for going out and getting a uh, sweet tea. And I know it's got lots of sugar <laughs> in it and things of that nature, but it's one of my, I guess, sad addictions to think of that nature. that Southern addiction. And I've also uh, definitely, as uh, one that is usually out and about, less so when we've been in the middle of this pandemic, but earlier before this all came about, I would be out and about. And of course, if you're out and about, the temptation is not to come back to your apartment. I live in an apartment or your house and fix food, but to actually grab something from the fast food restaurant. So, and I know a lot of that is the kind of foods that you're talking about that are actually negative, like getting those uh, quick burgers, getting those quick chicken dishes and things of that nature. So I know that they're not good for you and everything, but if you're out and about and you're doing those kind of things, are there any kind of like suggestions that you can give for folks that might be out and that might have to be eating on the go? Because even though we're in this kind of new world uh, ideal of what's going on in the world and a lot of people are working from home, they do order from either Grubhub or DoorDash and they do still mm -hmm. order a lot of fast food, even in this environment. So I was wondering if you had any suggestions for folks as to how they can have a better diet. Yeah, you, you're going to have to just pick different places or different uh, restaurants. Um, and I, I'm not trying to shout anybody out here, but I can't give you any information without shouting out people. So um, I love Juice Keys. Um, they are in Durham, Raleigh, and they have two places in Raleigh, but they have smoothies and smoothie bowls and, and all of their fruit that they use are organic. Um, so that's an option, you know, to tie you over until you get home if you need to, if you just need to grab something. Um, they don't use any uh harsh products or even um, sweeteners. So they use dates and things like that. So that's a really good one. And then you have a lot of vegetarian um, restaurants that are out. Even if you just go to, let's say a hotel and they have a chef, you can ask them, you know, hey, um, I just want to make sure that I get some. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. 
we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks you know, lots of veggies and what do you have, you know, that you can do for me. So just choosing different places. Um, there are a couple of other restaurants that they have around like Ethiopian restaurants and um, uh, Fiction Kitchen is in in, in Raleigh. And so you, you have, you know, plenty of places that you can go. We just have to widen our scope of where we usually go um, and, you know, just include those type of places. So you can, you can go to a lot of different restaurants that they have. Raleigh-Durham actually has a lot of, of good restaurants around. Yeah, You've got to choose differently. Yeah, we just have to, you know, get away from the TGI Fridays. I'm so bad for naming all these. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's not going to like me after this. But, <laughs> you know, we just have to choose differently. We have to reframe our brains and think differently and just truly understand that, one, we have to fall in love with the process of taking care of ourselves. And that do um, that will include you having to cook a little bit more, you know, because you're worth it. Right. You know, and so we just have to change the thought of, well, I'm just going to grab something quick. It's not bad to grab something occasionally, but you really have to know what they're what they're putting into the food and what the quality of food that they actually have. So those are essential. Yeah. Now, would you say that you were always a healthy eater and or it was something that you developed later in life? Or were you like the one that was in school and going to college and high school when you were younger? There was always the good uh person eating the good foods or is this something that you develop later in life and if you develop it later in life having these better eating habits what caused you to develop it later in life because i know i've had some cousins that were definitely finicky eaters when they were youngsters and now they're not as finicky as they used to be but i was wondering how how the whole food journey kind of transpired for you Got you. So I, I've been a vegan vegetarian for 28 years. Um, my children are 27, 25 and 21, and they were raised as vegans. Um, so it's been in my life and lifestyle. Holistic has been in my lifestyle for a really, really long time. Um, I was that person when I was in high school, kind of researching things and learning about, you know, eating and health and all that good stuff. And by the time I went to college or once I got in college, I decided to shift and go uh, vegetarian. And I was a track runner at the time too. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been a little minute for me. So, <laughs> so, but I, I can't say I was all, I didn't ra I wasn't raised like this. This was something that I did again because of my family. I knew I had to do something different than what they were doing in order to see a different result. And that was the reason why I actually started changing, um, just not just my diet, but my lifestyle of the exercising, the, the holistic practices of chiropractic and all of those types of things. It was because of my family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, one of the things I was curious about is, do you think that we do a good enough job, because we've talked about it on some of our other shows, we actually have a uh, couple of shows uh, with doctors around the world that come in and talk about medical issues and things of that nature. But here in the U.S., do you think we do a good enough job of teaching about 
health and wellness and even good nutrition. Because I remember uh, growing up in like the 70s in terms of going to school and everything and going to college in the early 80s. And I do remember there being nutrition courses. Now, I don't have any kids, but I do have nephews that are like 11 and 12. And I don't even know if they're taking nutrition courses in school now. So I was wondering, do you think that that's something that is going on in our school system? Or do you think it's something that could be improved on more? So as you've traveled, uh, both promoting the book and also just in your research, do you think that we're doing a good enough job of learning about nutrition? Not at all. Not at all. We're not, we're not learning about nutrition and we're not learning about um, how to truly take care of ourselves. You know, we want to put everybody else first. We're taught to put other people first, you know, and to put, you know, we can give people compliments, but it's tough to compliment yourself, you know, because if you do it too much, then you're conceited and all these other things. Like we have to change a lot of stuff. Um, and nutrition is one of them. Um, other countries like uh, the Japanese cultures, they actually teach, they truly teach, you know, their children about the foods that they put together and why and how and all of that stuff. And we don't, you know, we, we just don't do that. Um, we don't even talk about water and, you know, there's so many things that, that we're missing the mark on, but even with, um, the standard American diet, which of course they call the sad diet is, um, we're the information that we do put out oftentimes is not true. You know, it, it, it can, we're, we're just not putting out the right information. So there's so miss so much misinformation out there that, um, it's really tough. You know, and because of it, I mean, I wouldn't have a job if it, if it, you know, if everything was working well and everybody was doing, you know, what they were doing and understood why they were doing it. But we, we have to do a much better job of making sure that people understand how to truly take care of themselves and stop waiting until we get sick and then handing our health over to someone to actually fix it. But we, we won't do that unless we truly know how to master ourselves and, and how to master life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you could talk a little bit about your educational background and how you got involved in doing this work, because like I said, I know it's definitely a passion of yours. Some of the people that represent you definitely shared a little bit about your passion and everything. But definitely, if you could talk about what brought you into this field, because like I said, I know a number of schools locally teach nutrition and they teach uh, on some of our local colleges even about nutrition and uh, good health and things of that nature. But what brought you into the field and what has kept you in the field? I, my family. <laughs> I know you're going to get tired of me saying that, but honestly, it was my family. I started my children um, in holistic uh, when they were babies. My kids were getting adjusted, chiropractic adjustments. Um, I was working in the field with, I've worked with five doctors in this area that were amazing. And they just kind of continued to feed me and nurture me and, and send me to school, you know, to, to learn more and more. And it was all of that. What I noticed was that my culture did not understand and they weren't going to chiropractors to boost their immune system. You know, my children didn't get immunization shots. And so this was a way that I um, allowed them, you know, or help their immune systems by getting them chiropractic, you know, acupuncture and all of those things. And I found that my people weren't there. And so I, I, I thought, OK, somebody's got to get this out to them so that they can understand that chiropractic's not just for when you've been in a car accident, like it can actually help the nervous system and the immune system and all of those things. And it just kept me there because, one, it, it just felt like it was right. And that was where I needed to be. And that was kind of how how I was already living my life. And so I um, I just stayed and just absorbed everything that I could and just wanted to give back so that we could you know, understand that we are in control of our health. Like we are in more control than we think. We have the, the power to um, 
to live a healthy lifestyle. We live longer now than we ever have before, but now we live longer, sicker lives. And that's sad to me. You know, we don't pay attention to our elders. You know, there's so many things that we can that we don't have to get old fast and we can still do a lot of the things that we were doing, you know, in our 30s and 40s when we're in our 60s and 70s. But if we're not taking care of our health, then how can we? And so other cultures live much longer and they're able to be active and truly live their lives. And in America, that's not the case. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, that a lot of times um, the American habits are not the same as a lot of our other countries. I know we were even talking about that with one of our other producers here on IBM.TV because his family is actually from India. And we were talking about how what you just said, that a lot of time those other cultures, they actually treat their elderly with a lot more deference and respect than even we seem to here in uh, America and everything. So like mm-hmm. I said, there might be even three or four generations um, living in like under the same roof and things of that nature. Whereas there are certain cultures here, like I know some of the Latin American cultures here in America and others that do that, but I don't feel that we do it enough. And even if they're living in um, the same uh, neighborhood or the same town, we don't do enough bonding with our elderly and things of that nature. Cause I don't think that you necessarily have to be in the same roof, but I do feel that we don't do even enough bonding with our neighbors and with our own blood relatives and things of that nature. So as one that's done a lot of holistic research, would you agree with that, that we need to do a better job of trying to connect with all of our various generations as well? Yes, definitely. I think we need to be at the feet of our uh, of our elders because they have so much information to give. And they often say that history repeats itself. So if we don't know our history, then we're just kind of we're walking into some stuff that we have no idea about. Um, but using them, you know, as a tool, as a guidance, you know, um, they, they should be guiding us so that we don't have to make all of the same mistakes, you know, that that they made. We can avoid some of this stuff and get a lot further than we need to if we just truly honor honor them and and really listen to what they have to say. You know, for me, I'm. I, I hate when you go to a, let's say an event, a family event, and you see the elders sitting in the chair and life is just kind of going on around them. And, yeah. and it just, it's so sad, you know, because they just have so much information. I've always gravitated towards, you know, just learning from them and, and, and truly taking it back to the basics because that's what we need to do in order to, to truly fix what's going on. We have to take things back to the basics, meaning we have to eat the way you know we ate back then we have to go through that feast and famine state we just continuously eat 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 and our bodies don't know how to to adjust for that but it does know how to adjust for you know the famine states because that's what you your crops came in and then at some point you may not have had any crops so the body knew how to adjust we don't know how to it hasn't caught up with our 24-hour lifestyle that we have right now and and so we we, we definitely need to understand and take a lot of things back to the basics and look for our elders, look to our elders to give us a lot more information. Yeah, one of the other things that I've noticed in everything is that a number of folks, and I think it might be because of the era that we're in right now and everything and the way that the world is going at this particular time, that a number of folks are trying to find uh, new things to do to keep themselves occupied. So like I said, some of them are looking for jobs, they're looking for work and in all of that process, they're also developing new hobbies and new interests. So I've noticed that some friends of mine have actually gone back into their gardening. Like I know a friend of mine that lives around the corner that is from originally Brazil and she uh, actually has grown a very um, relatively elaborate garden for an apartment complex. So she's got like sunflowers and okra and a number of other things that are going on. And then another good 
friend of mine is actually doing canning right now as well. So as one that's been in the holistic field, is that something that you're seeing more of, that we're seeing more people in this day of the 2020s and uh, what we're facing that are getting more into their hobbies? And some of these hobbies are actually about um, wellness and about gardening and things along that line, because that's just uh, two examples that I've noticed. But I'm sure that if I did more research and talked to more people, that I'd probably find others that were doing gardening and canning and things along that line. So I was wondering, are you seeing that even among your own peer group? I think that there's a shift that's happening. So we are becoming, you know, more aware and we're, we're actually trying to do better that, you know, 10 years ago, or let me say 20 years ago, when I, when I decided to become vegetarian, you know, it was almost, I mean, not that it, it was almost unheard of in the sense of it's kind of like, you're what you're a veterinarian. Like you, like, what are you talking about? So I think that the world is just in a different place where we truly are doing a lot of, um, we, we are getting, we're trying to get back to those, those roots. We're trying. So yes, I do see that a lot of them, I actually started a garden. Um, I don't have a green thumb, but um, um, there was a young lady, uh, Kimberly Dixon, who, um, you know, I've done a couple things with, and she had this amazing garden and she's in a townhome and it's beautiful. And just the energy in that space was just really great. And um, I, I thought, you know what, I want something like this. And so I created, you know, that same, you know, kind of thing on my deck where I, I have like some flowers and some some foods growing and it was it's it's just it's it's wonderful now like I said my gr my thumb is still purple it's not like green yet <laughs> but I like working on it it's and it's relaxing just to you know to try to work on it so I definitely think that there there is a shift that's happening in the world with just the natural and holistic things like a lot more people are more receptive to it and, you know, leaving L.A., you know, you have a lot of vegetarian restaurants, you know, over in that area. Um, but even with vegetarian, we still have to be mindful because there's still a lot of processed stuff. And I mentioned that earlier, just the processed foods. So just because you're vegetarian doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the healthiest. It's just truly understanding, you know, how the body breaks down and what the body needs and understanding how it functions. And that's probably what I focus on more is understanding, you know, teaching people how the body functions so that they know how to truly take care of themselves. Yeah. And could you tell people, because I know that some of our listeners are watching from around the globe and they oftentimes hear these terms used, and I've even heard the terms used as well. But a lot of people try to figure out the difference between vegetarian and vegan and some of the other terms that exist out there. So for those that are watching that aren't that familiar with the terms, like I said, I have my ideas of what they mean and everything. But for those that are watching that might want to try to understand the difference between, say, being a vegan as you are and everything and a vegetarian, and they might say, well, it sounds like the same thing. So if you could just explain to our listeners what the difference is between being a vegetarian and a vegan and some of the other terms that exist as well, because I know there's one who's, I'm not even going to try to mispronounce it, but it has to do with basically having your diet as fish oriented pescatarian, I think it is, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there are different uh, forms of vegetarianism. Um, you have some people, like you said, that eat fish and they'll do vegetables and some that will do eggs and fish. So you have lacto ovo and, you know, a couple of, there's a whole bunch of them, but the difference between Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, fall style. Wait, wasn't it just June, right? So I went to Kohl's. Of course you did. I got a cute Kara Santana for Nine West sweater for 25% off and a great pair of Vans. Love Vans. And save 25% on a champion hoodie for my husband. Ooh, sounds cozy. You should go. You'll get 15% off or 15, 20, or even 30% off with a Kohl's card. BRB. Select styles. Offers end September 26th. Champion coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.
At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com between vegetarian and vegan is vegans do not um, do any dairy products. They also don't do eggs. And um, you have some that won't do um, like honey because honey's been in a bee's mouth. And so some people will say like, if you eat honey, then you're not vegetarian. Um, I do eat honey. So, you know, if, if I'm not vegetarian, okay. Oh, I'm not vegan then, okay. But I do, if, if um, for medicinal purposes, I will use um, uh, the Manuka honey. Um, so I do use that. So the different, the biggest difference is that vegans do not use dairy products and eggs. And so they're, they're not using any of those. So the fish would be out of the, the question for a vegan, but a vegetarian, you know, could do any of those. And then now you have some others like, let's say, uh, clean eating, you know, and you have plant-based. So plant-based does not, um, generally someone who, when they say they're plant-based, they're not doing any, a lot of processed foods as well. So, you know, Oreos are considered vegan, but someone who's plant-based would not eat those because Oreos don't come from anything planted. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a processed uh, food. So that would be another uh, term that may be used uh, widely or that is used widely now is, is plant-based. So that's a difference that exists there. So yeah, a lot of folks would be interested in knowing that. So I'm glad that you explained that for those that are watching and everything. Could you talk also about the book journey and what got you to the book? Like I said, you've been vegan for about 20 plus years and everything, your kids and you grew up that way, or actually they grew up that way and everything. But uh, what brought you to actually wanting to do a book about it and to actually bring it into the published world? And uh, then the other question I was gonna ask was about the book and whether you went the more traditional route of a publisher, like a more established publisher, or you went the self-publishing route and why you decided to go whichever way you went. <laughs> so I did not go the self-publishing route because you probably wouldn't have a book right now. <laughs> so my publisher actually uh, is in LA, uh, Noah's Art Publishing. And uh, they actually had a big hand, a huge hand in me getting this book out. Um, like I said, you know, he just kind of helped guide me through, you know, getting it completed because like I try, I started this book 10 years ago and it just did not, it didn't come to fruition. So uh, I didn't go the, the, the self-publishing route and what got me, I'm sorry, your question was what got me to what writing the book. You, what made you decide to write the book at this time in your life? And when was the book actually, when did you first start writing the book and when was the book published? But what got you from this decades of living this lifestyle to decide to write a book? It, uh, uh, my family, like I, I couldn't reach everybody. So right now we have clients in 23 states and, and three different countries. And I, I can't reach everybody. And there are some basics that need to be known. So um, with the book, I, I just thought this is it. I got to put it in the book so that people can get this and they can get their hands on it wherever they are. And then that gives good conversation for, you know, when clients do work with me or start with me. But it's basic information that I felt like everybody needed to know. And like I said, it's generational. Like you can change generations of health if you truly just start changing and shifting what you're doing. 
And sometimes you, people have to go through that, you know, by themselves, because for me, my family wasn't on board and they weren't like, hey, I'm going to come along with you. They were like, listen, you do you. Let me do me, you know, and, and that's it. So I just I had to continue. And I was like, OK, so I just continued my journey. And as I continued, then they continued to watch what I was doing and thought, OK, so they started listening and doing things and shifting, you know, what they were doing. Not all of my family members did that. And it's OK. You know, we all have different points and purpose here on this on this planet and we have to figure out what works for us. And so for me, with my business, that's what I wanted. I wanted people to get healthier, but they get to do it on their terms. So you may decide, hey, I want to work with you, but I don't want to be vegan. And I'm like, okay, well, we got to find out what works for you. And if that's what you, you don't want to become vegan, then let's minimize how much meat you're eating or let's minimize you know, how much sugar you're doing. You may not be willing to give up everything, but let's, let's try to get you on the road. But we have to look at where you want to go, what your goals are and what your why is. And if your why is big enough to get to where you're actually trying to go. And we have to be realistic about you know, about it. Um, the book also with the eight essentials talks about the mindset. That's the biggest thing. And that's, I think, why so many people fail when they're actually trying to shift things in their life is because the mindset is where everything has to start. So the book, you know, really talks about why your beliefs and values and habits um, and patterns that you, you have um, actually can either set you up for success or failure. Like you have to know why you do what you do in order to shift what you're doing. Like I can't continue to say every day that I love McDonald's food, but I'm trying to get away from it. Like that just doesn't mean it's just not going to happen because you're only going to have so much self-control before you that food that you love, you have to go and get. So I had to change my mindset about the foods and understand like, no, listen, this is not good for me. I'm, it's not okay for me to eat this. And so that is it was important for me to write that so that people could really, you know, it made sense. A lot of times doctors talk over people's heads and they're saying, hey, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to eat this. You need to do that. But you're not giving them the specifics of what they need to do. So then they walk away and they're still stuck or they need someone to help guide them through, you know, the process so that they can get to where they're actually trying to get to. And sometimes it's discipline. It's the lack of discipline that we can't get there. So having someone there to coach you and support you through that process is essential. So for those that I can't reach, the book can actually kind of help you do that, which is why we put positive action steps in there and also tips to actually break, you know, certain chains that you need to break. Well, I'm going to bring in one of our other guests and everything. He's been holding backstage and everything, and he's actually in the world of music and all of that. But I know he's a healthy leader as well. So I definitely want to bring in uh, Dr. Funk, who's one of our uh, Dr. Funk Epstein's who's been on before, but he's a musical guest and all of that. So Dr. Funk, glad that you have joined us and all, and you've been hearing a little bit of the conversation that has been going on with Tawanda Wilson and all of that. So I know that you are definitely about uh, mind, body, and the whole experience. So you've definitely been involved in the whole concept of uh, being healthy and things of that nature. As you just heard, I know you're out in the West Coast and she is over here in Perry, North Carolina. So definitely I know that you've been involved in a number of things as well. And definitely your music talks about this kind of like idea of being unified and trying to like make sure that our mind, body and everything else is connected. So I definitely want to bring you into the conversation. And before I get to what your thoughts are about what uh, Tawanda has been saying, yeah, Tawanda, you did mention that there are eight essentials. So I would love to hear what those eight essentials are and some of these action steps. We can get to those later. But I know that the book talks about eight essentials. So if you could share some of those essentials, I know a lot of folks would probably love to hear what those eight essentials are so they can try to incorporate that into their lives. 
Oh, sure. So the eight essentials are your mindset, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, structure, detoxing, and the last one is emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Well, you have to have all of those eight in order to truly be healthy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know, Dr. Funk, you even talk about that a lot in your music and everything. So if you could share with our listeners once again about how you incorporate some of what uh, Tawana has been talking about in your music, because I know your music does touch on some of these essentials that she's been talking about. And then, of course, I'd love to hear some of these uh, action steps that she also mentioned that she has as well. But I imagine one of them might even be going and listening to a good concert and things of that nature. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on and uh, what your music is and how it relates to what we've been talking about when it comes to wellness and all of that. I think, um, Tawanda, um, what you're doing is great. This is really, really good. And I agree with you. And it's very important to have spiritual wellness and mental wellness as well as physical because yes, and with what we do, um, you know, a lot of people associate us musicians with parties and all that stuff, you know, but a lot of people don't see us behind the scene because we have to be fit and we have to be able to run around on that stage for about two hours every day. So it's very important, you know, I remember when I started out touring you ate what they gave you because that's how it was, you know, because we were young. We didn't know any different, you know, until I met some very, very influential people that um, showed me a better way. You know, I don't, I don't eat red meat and I don't eat pork or fish. Um, I learned about tofu years ago and it um, changed my life, really. And um, not only do you physically feel better, but spiritually you feel better because your, your being is made up of matter and of energy. And those two work together. A lot of people don't understand what you put in your body turns into energy. And your spirit is mostly energy. And that's why some of the songs that I write is about energy. And one of those energies is called love. You know, we have a song out that's called Love Is that's on the charts right now. And love is an energy that we don't understand. And we're still learning and it's going to take a while, but it's the most important energy that we need right now because of the situation that the world is in at this moment right now. So I, I really, I really like um, your program Tawanda, uh, everything you're speaking about because it's very true. You know, I even introduced, um, well-known actor, Mr. Danny Glover, to tofu because he was trying to stop eating meat. So I took him to a well-known um, um, 
vegetarian restaurant and the lady, she makes all her food with tofu, everything, including ice cream. So uh, Danny thought that was exciting. He was like, you sure this is not me? I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's not me. <laughs> and uh, it was an honor to um, introduce such a well-known person to help them start a new journey, you know. So I think um, between your diet and meditation, it can help you prosper in so many different ways. Because I take Sundays, I take, that's the day where I have to feed my spirit. You know, because, you know, we joke about it, you know, we're always eating. Every day we eat. But you got to take time for your spirit and your mind. Because your mind is what make everything work. And your spirit is what make your mind work. So I understand the journey. And um, like you were talking about the, the relationship between generations, we have to get back to that because our elders, they already have the knowledge. You know, like I find myself saying things that my mom used to say, you know, and it's, it's so funny because my brother go, really, seriously? <laughs> like, hey, you know, mom, she didn't play. You know, and my kids, I try to teach them what I learned from my elders. You know, my mom, my uncles, my aunties, and I was the type of kid, I would go sit with the old people and talk with them just to see what they're saying. You know, I, I always been curious, you know, see what they're talking about, you know, and as I grew older, I would learn and remember, Mr. Thompson said this. That's why he was saying that, you know, so you learn. And it's a journey and it helps you teach others to be example for other people. So I, I really like that um, you brought up that topic because it's very important for us to connect with the older generation because like I said, they know they've been there. You know, one thing my mom always said, you can learn something new every day. Just open your eyes and watch the signs. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the five, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. 
See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umla from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. You can learn something. You know? That's real true and everything. Yeah. I know she taught me something. Yeah, go on if you could. I'd love to hear about uh, those action steps because, like I said, Dr. Funk was talking about some of the action steps that it seems like he's learned, which are some of the important ones about being at the foot of your elders and other things along that line. But I'm imagining that those are some of the action steps that you even talked about in the book. So I'd love to hear what some of those action steps that you give are because I'm thinking some of them might be about diet and about the way to prepare your food and others might be about lifestyle choices. So I'd love to hear about some of these action steps that you have and everything, because I'm actually over here glancing at my microwave, and I know that that's one of my other weaknesses and everything is that too often we get caught up in the microwave culture because, you know, it's really quick to grab a uh, can of soup, throw it in the microwave, and I know that that's not the healthy way to do things, but definitely no. I would love to hear you talk about some of those action steps, and maybe I got to get rid of the microwave and used to cry by sitting in the uh, cabinet that hasn't even been broken out yet. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so let's see. One of the action steps that I love is about sleep. Um, I don't think we value sleep as much. And Dr. Funk, you could probably relate to how much sleep you guys probably did not get when you were on tour. If you're, you know, when you're touring, um, yes. sometimes it's, it's very minimal and where you have to sleep is important. So one of the tips that I give in the book is we were made in total darkness and we have to sleep in total darkness. Um, so that means the cell phone has to be out of the room. We need to cover up or, or you know, disconnect the, the uh, clock and, you know, just try to get the room as dark as possible so that your body can actually totally sleep. Um, melatonin is only released in total darkness. And so melatonin is actually a, um, it's beneficial because it has antioxidants in it and the antioxidants actually repair your cells. So your body, when you're sleeping, your mind is not sleeping, but the rest of you are sleeping. And so the body is actually going, or I'm, I, should, I shouldn't say that, the rest of you is actually doing what it's supposed to do. So the body goes through phases of, of um, detoxing and, and rebuilding and repairing certain things while you're sleeping. So you're resting, but your body is actually doing what it's supposed to do. So when we go to sleep at two or three o'clock, we're not able to get through all those sleep cycles like we need to so that the body can do what it's supposed to do. So um, that's detrimental to the body. So then we wake up and we have we're we're still really tired. And you were talking about, you know, the body creating energy, that ATP that the body creates. Um it, it, it can't do what it's supposed to do. One, if we're not giving it the proper nutrients. And then two, if we're not allowing the body to rebuild and repair the way it's supposed to. So that's one of the tips that I actually uh, give in the book. Um, I think I went into a little bit more detail than I did, but it kind of falls right in line with what you were talking about. And then one of the other tips that I talk about is meditation and, and giving your body um, a time because your body, your mind is not sleeping when you're sleeping. So when do you make your brain stop talking? Like when do you stop, you know, just give the brain a rest? And the only time you can do that is when you're meditating. You're intentionally choosing not to think about something and you're reducing the stress and you're reducing your blood pressure and all of that stuff, you know, when you're when you're meditating and you're connecting to that higher power, whatever you call that higher power, you're connecting, you know, to to that that energy source. And that's essential for the body. So those are two of the tips that we actually put in meditation is essential. And there are different types of meditations, right? There, you don't have, it's not, 
all the same, you have different forms of meditation. So you can choose, you know, what type of meditation you actually want to do for that day. But it's essential to do something daily to truly just kind of, even if it's just for a few seconds, you can be at a stoplight, you can be in your car, you can be at your altar, wherever you want to be. But you really do have to really make sure that you're, you're giving your body and your mind that time. Yeah. And you're right. We oftentimes don't get enough sleep. I know I'm guilty of that because sometimes we get up and have other things on our minds. So then we're up we hours of the morning and then we wake up and are wondering why we're still tired and still don't have the energy of the rest of the day and everything. So definitely I have to agree that we don't spend enough time on all of that. So we need to do a better job of that, of uh, definitely letting folks know that sleep is very important because even Dr. Funk, how much sleep do you get when you're practicing? Because I know that you're probably in those studios a lot of times until the wee hours of the morning and then back up in the early morning, ready to go at it again. Because I know a lot of times inspiration doesn't seem to stop on a, uh, it seems to have its own calendar. It doesn't have like a calendar of hours. It has, it comes to you whenever it comes to you. So like I said, it might come to you at three or four in the morning and then you have to pop up and put that inspiration down. So do you try to give yourself enough rest or what do you do about inspiration and also using rest time and making sure that you get enough rest in order to even deal with the inspiration? I do try. I, I really do try, but there comes periods where I know I have to write these songs, you know, and your, your spirit is connected to the universe. And when it start coming, it's nothing really you can do about it. You know, I just finished writing a new song. We were actually practicing and it just came to me, you know, and my brother turned to me and said, what are you playing? I said, this just came to me just now. And I just started playing it. And about 45 to an hour later, 45 minutes to an hour later, the lyrics came. And this was all in one session. You know, so you never know when it's going to happen. You know, like I was, our last album, three of the songs came to me on the tour bus while I was asleep. And so when I woke up, my brain was full. I woke up, I was like, that's one, that's two. And what is this other? Is this a song or is it just a jam? Because there's a difference between a song and a jam. You know, you know the difference, but it was a song. And like Tawanda said, you have to have total blackout because that's the way we came in because we came in through the tunnel. So you have to rest. And the guys on the tour bus used to trip on me, you know, cause we would stop at Walmart and I get these black curtains and put them in front of my bunk. And it's like, I'm out, don't bother me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we well, did get to sleep, but um, it's, it's true. It's, it's very true. You, you don't have control of that, but you have to link yourself with the higher powers. You have to, 
you know, because we have enough pressure in this world as it is, you know, and you have to link yourself so that your mind can go to that place where it's like, okay, now I don't have to worry about everybody or everything or everything that's going on. I can concentrate on linking my spirit and my body together. So there's a reason why I named the band Mind, Body, and Soul. Because your mind connects to your body and your body connects to your soul. And this is how I make music. And when you're on stage, that energy, um, I call it a transference of energy because you send out energy to the audience and the audience send it back. And so it becomes a cycle. So whatever venue you at, indoor venue or outdoor amphitheater, you're creating energy and you have to learn how to tap into it and control it. And I remember in church with my mom, because she would take me everywhere. And you see the ladies and men that caught the Holy Ghost. My mom would say, they got the spirit. They got the energy. And it's true. You know, some people, oh, that's fake. Uh-uh. I've seen it. I've seen it for real. We were in um, Stony Creek, Virginia. And um, we went to church and it was the Holy Ghost. This lady ran down the aisle, but she was really running. She had the Holy Ghost. And it's real. It was just the energy, the spirit. She felt so lifted and happy she had to share it with everybody. You know, it startled me because I had never seen anything like that before. You know, somebody jump up and start running. You know, you're like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, it's real. It's very real. And, but that's the same energy. It's the same energy. You just know, you have to learn how to control it and release it, you know, and the energy that we, I'm going to repeat myself, in this world right now, what's going to save us is love. Oh, yeah. That, that is what's going to save us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Tawanda, one of the things I've heard people talk about, and then I want to put on a uh, clip just so uh, Tawanda and the rest of the audience can hear a little bit of uh, Dr. Funk's music. So I'm going to put on a one that we played before on this show, which is Just a Matter of Time, which he did with Pete Escobedo. So I'm going to give folks a chance to oh. check that out in a minute and everything. But one of the things that I oftentimes hear people talk about is that um, we shouldn't have those midnight snacks or those early morning snacks. But I do know that a lot of times we are guilty of doing that, whether it's way early before breakfast time or whether it's going out and grabbing a bite to eat or even going out to like the sports bars and grabbing something at like nine or 10 or something like that. So as one that is very much involved in nutrition, what is your thoughts about that? Is there ever a time that you can actually go out and get a midnight snack or a late night snack? Or is that just something to get away from altogether? So I'd love to hear what uh, Dr. Tawanda has to say about us giving a 
away from this. Is there a happy <laughs> midnight snack? Or no. you just like abandon that at all together? I got to correct you really quickly. I'm not a doctor. Even though the word doctor means teacher, I am a right. teacher. So I want to make sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, you got to get away from snacks. You got to get away from the snacks because your body is is needs to go through the phases that we were speaking about. And um, one eating late at night will cause you to gain weight. It's also going to make you not sleep as well. If you sleep with a heavy, you know, with food on your stomach, that can be really, really tough. You're going to wake up and feel exhausted in the morning because your body is trying to digest food. And remember that our bodies slow down the digestive process um, around like 11 o'clock, I think it is. So you're now eating and that food's going to sit in there. So it's going to do a couple things. Now you have that food sitting in there. It can create gases. It's not going to get digested as fast as it's supposed to. So you just want to really be mindful. And remember, when we wake up in the morning, we want to first thing in the morning, we want to eliminate. But if your body hasn't been able to get through all of this, all of the processes and, and things that it needed to do, it's you may not that may not happen. So that means now we have people that are going to be constipated and, and, you know, just the body is not going to work like it's supposed to. So if you can, you want to get rid of it. But you also have to remember that when you're when you feel like you're craving something, you have to understand that um, your your gut bugs, like the digestive system, has all these microbiome these bugs. They may just be craving, and so you're feeding that craving. And what happens is over time, your body just remembers, oh yeah, you ate it this time. So it's gonna make you feel like you're hungry, so that you can go eat again. And it's just basically off of what you normally do. So just like daily, you know, we eat at the same times around the same times every day. But if you don't eat, eventually you're going to forget that you were even hungry and you can move on. But it's just that your body's like, hey, remember, you usually eat around this time. So that if you start creating bad habits at nighttime, your body's just kind of like tap, tap. Remember, you, you ate last time. You ate a couple times. So let's just go and do it again. So you're just creating a poor habit. So again, understanding why we do what we do is essential. So that mindset connects to that emotional, mental, spiritual well-being that we were talking about. You have to understand the link between those two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of the other things I wanted to talk about before we get to Dr. Funk's uh, song and everything is I also sometimes hear people talk about the importance of having enough um hydration, enough water, and things of that nature. Of course, we're getting out of summer, we're going into fall, so people are probably not even going to be thinking about hydration as much because we're about to hit the cool season, but I actually think it's something that we probably even need to do during the fall and the winter as well. So what are your, some of your thoughts and some of your research about the importance of hydration as well? It's essential. It's under the nutrition in the book. You have to have, um, you have to have nutrients. Your, I mean, uh, um, sorry, water. Your water... Here's to getting back together, to planned lunches and unplanned cookouts, to grandma's recipes and smells that take us back, to passing down plates and traditions. Here's to warm embraces and familiar faces, to your best friends becoming best friends, to scheming, dreaming, and food still steaming. Here's to laughter and love, to growing closer than ever, for all of life's get-togethers. Chinette. Here's to us. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. <laughs> okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. 
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The water in your body, like we're made up of water, right? So you have to have water and the cells need water to actually do what they need to do as far as we're moving around and transporting, you know, the nutrients that you're actually eating. The only reason why we're eating is to actually nurture our nails, to, to put nu- nutrition into our cells so that our cells can create that energy that, that Dr. Funk was speaking about. So we, we need water. Like we need water, we need a lot of it. And if we're not getting it, then again, that leads to constipation for people because the body's gonna get water no matter what. So it will pull it out of the intestinal tract. And then now you have somebody who's not being able to go to the bathroom. It's gonna pull water from wherever it can. Um, and that creates even more issues with constipation. And, and I know people don't like to talk about the digestive system and all of those things, but we have too many people coming up with uh, you know, colon cancers and things like that. And, and even prostate and all. So like, it's all connected. Like there's no compartmentalizing things. Health is health. And so we, we have to have water, you know, for the body to do what it's supposed to do. Like it, it you, you have to, in the wintertime is just as important as in the summertime. It is different in the summertime, but you have to have it. And you also have to remember going into this winter and fall season, is essential for us to mind, to understand that we have to shift some of the things that we're doing. Um, my kids used to joke on me because in the wintertime, I used to say that I'm kind of hibernating. I don't do as much in the wintertime as I do in the summertime. And if you think of, about how uh, nature is, it's the same thing. Everything is kind of slowing down and hibernating. But what we want to do is do the exact same thing we were doing in the summertime. And that can can affect our health. We shouldn't be doing the same things like our blood slows down in the wintertime because it's colder. So it it moves slower. Our digestive system moves slower. So we want to keep eating a whole bunch of we just have we got to be careful. We want to keep eating a whole bunch of heavy, hearty foods, which we should be doing. We should be eating heavier, heartier foods, but not as much as we're eating. Right. So we have to be mindful of how much we're eating because everything is slowing down because it's wintertime. All right. So we just have to, again, understand how the body works and making sure that we're doing the best for it and that it's functioning like it's supposed to, because it's all about function. Yeah, definitely got to yeah. get that. Wanted to let uh, folks check out a little bit of uh, Dr. Funk's yeah, music right now. On the uh, song, and I see the Dr. Funk's music. We're going to be ready to put on just a matter of time. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit to, to Wanda about if we're seeing an increase in her mind, or if you think so. Definitely, we talked about how we're seeing an increase in gardening. But I'm actually also thinking that we're going to see more people trying to get, like, farm-grown foods and things of that nature. But before we get to that conversation, yeah. I want to give folks a taste of what Dr. Funk's music is all about. So get ready to bring that up to you right now. All right. Great to see you, man. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, still getting around. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Who's that playing, man? Music sounds great. I love my boy, man. I'm my little boy. Fine body and soul. They sound great. They're hitting like me, man. They're going to be out there. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Let's go check it out, man. Let's go do it. Did you see you guys going to Hyde Park? Yeah. Yeah, we might get out there and check out my body and soul. Oh, sweet. Can I come in? Yeah, everybody. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
Okay, Dr. Funk, you can sing. Go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead. ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, no, we We're going to let Dr. Funk and uh, um, Tawanda have their own conversation because we were hearing the music and it was having a mind of its own. And we might try to bring that up later and all. But definitely in the meantime, if you could talk about that. So we're not gonna just skip past those moves right there, were we? I saw that. I saw those little dance moves there, Doctor Funk. Okay, what? I saw those little dance moves there. Okay, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's got some dance moves. He's had those dance moves going on, and definitely, uh, I think that uh, Tawanda was checking those out as well. So one of the things I was asking Tawanda was about the whole concept of. Um, I think I've seen not just a rise in gardening, but also that we're seeing more people that are going back 
to the earth. And I know that that's something that we used to have in American society way back when, where we were definitely having more support of our farmers and uh, of farm life and things of that nature. But we definitely moved into more of an urban kind of world and everything. But I am thinking that I'm seeing more of a push for us to actually go back to the earth and deal with the uh, farm kind of economy and farm society. Are you seeing that as well? And have you noticed that even in some of your book tours and in some of your conversations around your book that you're seeing more people that are uh, definitely understanding and having a uh, passion for what's going on with the farmers of the world? Yeah, I would say definitely there are, you know, people trying to get back to those roots. Um, it's a little difficult to get back to where we were because one, they've changed up a lot of stuff. Like one, our soil is not as uh, nutri nutritious as it used to be back, let's say, 100 years ago. Um, and also the seeding industry is different, you know, and I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Monsanto's, um, you know, but the seeds are not the same, like, which is why we have so many different um seedless foods, which I don't partake in. Um, but, you know, so it's it's slightly different than it used to be. I don't think we will get back to to that stage that we used to. But yes, gardening is essential. Um, one, just so that you know where your food is coming from. If you can find those those holistic seeds that, you know, we used to have back in the day, it, it definitely is better than than what's out on the market now. But, you know, it's just it's that's just one thing that I don't think will ever get back um, to normal. Yeah, we definitely agree with that. And, uh, we definitely are seeing different kinds of seeds and things of that nature. So and definitely a lot of the farms have become more of those high-tech kind of farms and not the old-fashioned kind of farms. So we still have those high-tech kind of farms. But what I was talking about was I think that we're seeing more of those kind of like homegrown kind of farms that used to exist in the rural North Carolina area that are trying to survive as best as they can. But of course, they're having the same kind of troubles that our restaurants and other folks are having because of what's going on in the world. So mm -hmm. definitely that's what I was reflecting on. I was wondering if you were seeing similar stuff. And also, what other uh, books? You mentioned that you were in Los Angeles, but do you have any other um, stops that you're going to make out in the West Coast where Dr. Funk is or anywhere else that are already on the calendar? So do you have any uh, tours or book stops that uh, folks can hear and pick up a copy of the book? And also, if you would let our listeners know the website and where they can learn about the book so they can actually go and get a copy of the book, we would definitely love to see that as well. Yes. Um, so I, I think I actually am going back out to the West Coast. They actually wanted me to come back out. So I'll probably do a couple of more tours out there. But we're going to wait until everything opens up, you know, a lot more things open up. And then I'm going to go back to that area and kind of re recreate and do, you know, what we did this time, plus a little, you know, a little more because we'll have more things open and more access. So I'll definitely do that. As of right now, I don't have anything else on the calendar. Um, just a lot of the things that we had on calendar for this year, a couple of events in Jamaica have actually, um, you know, of course, been canceled with everything. So I'm just kind of laying low until somebody says, hey, I need you to come out to wherever I will be there. So <laughs> I will. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm taking care of myself um, so that I can make sure that I stay healthy. Um, so I'm, I'm continuously, you know, eating right, exercising, sleeping, all of those eight essentials that we talked about in the book. And I'll, I'll lift that up here. So all of the eight essentials that we talked about mm -hmm. in the book. So this is actually the book. Mm -hmm. um, pretty well written, I must say. <laughs> and um, how you get the book, you can actually the book is actually available on Amazon and also Kindle. 
and on our website, which is realwellnesscorp.com. So that's realwellness and then corp.com. And you can get it there as well. It's $15. And while we were out in LA, we put the book in, a, in some bookstores and um, which I'm so grateful for Simply Wholesome for allowing us to be in their food store and restaurant. And uh, you know, we are looking at putting it in a couple of other stores um, as well. So if you know anybody has some suggestions and ideas of, of places that we can put it, I'd, I'd truly appreciate it. Um, the website, realwellnesscorp.com also has information about the book as well. Well, definitely, we'll definitely put that on a banner and everything and let folks see that on our uh, website and all of that. So I'll actually create that banner and get that name from you again very shortly. Now, were you actually raised here in the North Carolina area or were you raised in another part of the country? And if not, if so, what brought you here or were you a native of the North Carolina area? I um, I've been here for 25 years. I'm originally from uh, Hampton, Virginia, and I was here. I, I was um, I got married and I came to this area. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of raised our children here and I decided to stay. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz in the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G user experience report July 2021. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's is a it great about, What is it about North Carolina that you really enjoy? Because like I said, I know North Carolina always gets these great rankings and these great titles from all kinds of national organizations and things of that nature. But what about our state is what brought, is what kept you here and is what keeps you here even to this day and everything. So what are some of the things about our state that you actually enjoy? Well, at the time um, we came because my, my ex-husband at the, um, was actually into art. And so he was an artist. And so it was either here or Atlanta. And I just felt like Atlanta was too busy and I didn't want to kind of be there. So we settled on North Carolina. He also had family here. So um, this was kind of the, the space. And then we ended up staying because it was not too fast. My family is also um, from New Jersey and I didn't want to go up north. So I knew I didn't want to go there. So it was either um, North Carolina or Georgia for art. And so I decided, or we decided on North Carolina and also because he had family so the children could be around family. And, you know, uh, we were married for 20 years. So after that, it was just kind of like, oh, this is home for me. So I just stayed and that's it. So yeah, I, I want to stay in this area. My children actually love this area. So they decided to stay in the area as well. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, Dr. Funk, you actually used to live in the, the uh, New York area, but now you're calling California home. So what drove you to California all the way there from New York? So what drew you all the way out there to the West Coast? Um, the industry. And I'm 
born and raised in New York City, and I do miss it, you know, because it's different in California. But um, my career has taken me all over the world. But because of the changes in my career, I'm here in California to be an example for the young brothers and sisters that are trying to make it. You know, you have to put in 100%. And it's different out here, it's nice. Um, but for what I do in the industry, this is the right place for me right now. You know, and um, it's going good. You know, like I said, I do miss New York. I miss the East Coast, I miss South Carolina, Virginia, you know, because every year we would leave New York and go south. Now, I have family in every state on the East Coast, from Maine all the way down to Florida. Because there was, um, in my mom's immediate family, there was 14 kids. And they just went, they spread out. But they went up and down the East Coast. <laughs> so it's, um, I, I miss the farming. Um, in our family house in South Carolina, we had a huge farm. And that was one of my joys as a kid. Mom, let's go to the farm, let's go to the farm, you know? And the corn was so tall. You go out there at night, you can get lost. You know, so we would go out there and play. We wasn't supposed to, but we did. And we got out in them cornfields, get out, go out there and get in trouble. You know, and then you got to go to the side of the cornfields where the, the well was. And the water was so fresh, way different than New York. You know, the real well, the water was, it was real. And that was my job to get up at 5 a.m. to go get buckets of water. I had to go back and forth from the well. So, because that house was so old, you had to bring water into the house. So, my uncles and them used that as a job and as a technique to teach me responsibility. You get up and you go hit that well and you bring the water in every morning. And so it taught me when you have to get up and you have to accomplish something, do it, you know? It wasn't easy for me when I was a kid because I really didn't want to do it. But, <laughs> you know, it, it teach it teach you how to um, be responsible. And I remember, and I, I miss that, you know. And I, I wish I had um, a chance to show my kids what it's like, you know, in the South, you know, because it's different now, you know, like, like Tawanda said, it's, it's it's different. The farming is different. The seeds are different. You know, and I tried to tell like some of my friends, I go, if you go to the South, the real South, even the beverage tastes different. You can go buy a soda 
or in the South, we call it pop, you know, but it tastes different. So I had my cousin send some, and I had some friends that are like, this does taste, Dr. Funk, this tastes different. I'm like, I know, because the water is different. And everything else they use is different. You know, it's a lot of processed food here in California. You know, even though we have a lot of farming here, but industries, you know, it's Hollywood, it's California. You know, so you have a lot of stuff that is easy, accessible, that is not good for you. So you have to look out. You know, like you mentioned the microwave earlier, Mark. Yep. You need to stay away from the microwaves. You know, just tell yourself, step away, you know, unplug it. And um like I you know, my kids my kids had a problem with it because you know, they were around kids in school, you know, when they were little. And, you know, the other kids, their parents, they just throw their food in the microwave and you know, my kids come on. Like, no, no, no. Uh, we ain't using no microwave. I'm sorry. You know, you're gonna learn how to cook just like I did. I used to bug my mom every day. I want rice. I want rice. 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 She dragged my little butt in the kitchen and taught me how to cook rice. She said, "I'm not gonna be in there every night cooking rice. You're gonna learn how to do it." And I did. And that was how my introduction to cooking. And I love to cook because it relaxed me. After touring, you know, you go out for three months, four months at a time. When I come home, that was therapy for me to cook for the family. You know, my problem is I like to cook too much. So I make a lot of food, you know, but it's good. You know, you have leftovers, you know, everybody know how that is, the leftovers sometimes tastes better than when you first cook it because they sit, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this is good. So it's a, um, a journey, you know, it's a, a beautiful journey, you know, and teaching the next generation, you know, no, you cook, no microwave, learn how to cook. You know, like, uh, one of the guys in the band was telling me, um, my friend, uh, I'm dating, I'm dating, but she doesn't know how to cook. I'm like, oh, well, um, tell her to come over and I'll get her started with a pot of rice. But the new generation is, is, is funny, you know, they, they call um, cooking a chore. It's not a chore, it's a pleasure. And when you're cooking for your family, it's a pleasure, you know? That's where, like Tawana was saying, you know, we need to slow down, come back down to earth and do some gardening, do some cooking, prep, prep the vegetables, you know? Take a moment to slow down other than, you know, when you get out in this work world, you know, everybody, oh, I need coffee, 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 coffee. No, you do not. Really, you don't. Me, a glass of orange juice, I start my day. I don't drink coffee. 
Can I see what it does to some people? Like a friend of mine that lives in Miami, 10 cups a day. And if he doesn't have his coffee, his attitude changed. Like, seriously. I'm like, that's not good. If you're telling me that if you don't have this beverage, your attitude's going to be different, that's not good. That's That means that your mind and your spirit is dependent on coffee beans. And I, I don't think that's right. What do you think, Tawanda? No, I think you're absolutely right. And there's there's an addiction there for some reason, and there's something that he's he's lacking. Um, and we don't need to be dependent upon anything, especially like you know, sort of like that. that. One of the things that I noticed that you talk about, um, Tawanda, on your page and everything, is the importance of magnesium. So I was actually looking at the page, and I've actually got it rolling across and everything. So definitely, if you could talk to folks about the importance of magnesium, because I do think that that's something that a lot of times folks don't uh, think about and everything of that nature. So uh, definitely I'd love to you to talk about the importance of magnesium. And I also noticed that you talked about something that I try to do here on this show regularly, which is think about the next words that you're going to say and things of that nature. So I'd love for you to talk about both of those because both of those I think are words to live by. And I definitely think that they're very important words to live by. So if you could talk a little bit about why magnesium is important and why you also have that uh, page that's talking about choose the next words that you decide to speak about. So magnesium is essential for, um, for your body. So magnesium relaxes the body, right? So it relaxes the muscles. Uh, calcium contracts your muscles. So your heart is a muscle. And people don't realize that it's it's a muscle. So oftentimes diabetics don't have enough magnesium in their body and um, it causes a lot of issues. So lack of, of or deficiency in vitamins and minerals cause our bodies not to work like they're supposed to. And we have to have you, you have to have it. But there's a powerhouse of four that I four supplements that I always talk about. It's magnesium. Uh, it's calcium is vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. You have to have all three of those. Most doctors will put you on a vitamin D, um, whether it's the D2 or D3. It shouldn't be D2, but sometimes they do still put people on D2. But when you're taking vitamin D, you have to take vitamin K2 and you have to take magnesium because they all work together. And so we create more imbalance in the body if we're only taking one of those supplements, right? Um, mm -hmm. We don't get outside enough. Um, that's why we're generally having to take vitamin D. In the wintertime, I usually tell people to take vitamin D because we're not sitting outside with 20% of our body exposed in the wintertime if we live in cold climates. That's just not happening. So um, if you haven't, you know, been sitting in the sun all, all summer and then you may need to, you know, supplement. So if you're taking vitamin D in the winter, you definitely want to add in that magnesium so that it relaxes muscles. Some people have uh, what they call restless leg syndrome or even, um, you know, cramping in the legs, um, Charlie horses and all that, generally uh, they're deficient, they could be deficient in magnesium. And so, and I, I think again, the biggest thing is understanding that the heart is a muscle. And if you don't have enough magnesium to relax the muscle, it's always contracted and it can cause some issues. Um, the other one is um, thoughts. You were talking about being mindful of your thoughts. I call it um, automatic negative thoughts. That's uh, one of the things that uh, I think his name is Brian Quick. 
um, Jim Quick, I'm sorry, talks about automatic negative thoughts. They call them ants. Um, we're not mindful of the things that we are thinking about. So we are letting our mind control us and we're not in control of our mind. Um, so and we say crazy things like um, one of the things I put in the book is, oh, I can't I can't be vegetarian, you know, or I'm not uh, I'm, I'm big bone, so I can't lose weight. So we're not mindful of just the words, the very words that we speak. And if you're telling yourself these things over and over again, like it, it's to be true because your brain is going to make whatever you think happen. So if you think you can be successful, then you you're going to be successful. If you're thinking that everybody's against you and, and you know, everything is horrible, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to continue to to allow those type of things to happen because of the energy that you're putting out and the way you're thinking about it. So oftentimes when I'm working with someone, I work on reframing their thoughts. So this is what you're thinking. And now we need to open that frame up so that you can widen, you know, the way you think about certain things and why you do the things you do. So we have to reframe. Um. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com the thinking and also the thoughts that people have. Yeah, yes. that makes a lot of sense. And that's yeah. a very important thing that we need to do on a regular basis and all of that. I want to bring in another guest, which I know a lot of folks in this area will know and everything. So Eric Kelly hopefully is around, but if not, he's definitely got his Black Business Expo that is coming up and that's actually the number and everything. So I see Eric is getting ready to join us. And Eric, uh, we've got a number of guests. We've got Dr. Funk joining us from California, who is a musician out of California, originally from New York. And we've got Tawanda Wilson, who is involved in health and wellness and things of that nature. So we'd love to hear folks learn about the uh, Black Business Expo. I know it's been going on for a number of years and uh, definitely would love you to talk about the nature of that expo. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, video that was sent was a little bit too large and everything, but we will get that on in the future. So if you will share the story about what the Black Expo is and the fact that it's getting ready to come up next month in November. So who knows? Maybe we can get Dr. Funk to perform at it. So definitely if you would let folks know about the Black Business Expo. First of all, can you, you guys can hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I, I like to say that I really enjoyed what Ms. Whistle, Mrs. or Ms. Wilson was saying a few minutes ago about a lot of times people don't know what they're actually saying. And I, I thought that was not only encouraging, but that was something that a lot of times people don't even think about. They just talk and then they allow their subconscious mind to, to run how they're going to interact with people they don't even know. And and I really want to say to you guys that I know y'all have been doing an awesome job being on this platform. I am just so um, blown away that I get an opportunity to be on the platform because 
Mark will tell you guys, I'm just running so hard, you know, building, working on building our community because our community was fractured um, when I was a young, a young man going to college. And what I mean by that is my parents, like many parents that um, told us to go to school and get an education and the civil rights work was being done at the same time. If you look at all the civil rights things, it's usually young people that's doing it. But probably about out of the 15 percent of black people that was was living during those times, probably about two percent of us actually did anything as it related to um, blackness. We all went to school because our parents said that's a safe place for us to go. So nothing would happen to us. And so nobody talked to us about being entrepreneurs and being business owners. And so as time went on, you could almost say that the 20s, the 30s, the 40s and the 50 year olds and, and the 60 year old that, that, that are old now, since we didn't do the work, we allowed the media to capture what our young people were going to look like. And so now our young people are afraid of us and we're afraid of our young people when we see them walking down the street. And so because they'll beat in the head that we don't exist and we'll beat in the head that they're going to do something to us. And so as I work on the Black Business Expo, I'm doing I'm working to try to bridge that gap between the young people and the old people, because what is going on is our legacy is moving on. And and, you know, I had a conversation this morning with a young lady and she said she never thought about it like that. And I told her, I said, we didn't think about it like that. We was doing what our parents were saying do because we they were our leaders. Fortunately for me, my great grandfather was a pretty well off guy. And he used to he used to say the number one thing in business. I mean, the number one thing in the world is to think. And he said his money was his money. And if I wanted some money that I needed to think how to, how to make that money. And so, <laughs> That's right. so I, spent, I spent most of my time not wanting to be a lawyer that he wanted me to be. And I wanted to be an artist, which I am. And I'm, a, I'm doing very well in my art practice. But when he realized that I wanted to be an artist in his house, he started the Eric Kelly the Third Museum and said to me that, you should only sell your work to collectors, something I never heard of before. And so I followed his guide by not trying to sell my work and giving my work away. And just when some girl comes along and she's so pretty and she says, what would you do me a piece of work? I would say, uh, you're going to have to pay for the artwork. I can't just give it to you like that. And of course, of course, course I, I, I brought this story because I know a lot of times when we young men coming up, Everything's coming at us. And so I got on art scholarship and my grandmother, she saw that I got on art scholarship and she said after I got out of college that she would like to do something to help other students because she gave me the family car because she didn't have to pay for me going to school. And I tell you, that was that was perfect for a young black man in America. And so so when I got out of school, she wanted to do something for other students. And so the Black Business Expo was was birthed. And one thing I always tell people about the Black Business Expo, you know, sometimes we don't listen to our elders. Sometimes we think they don't know what they're talking about. And so what happened, K, 
can I can I break away because I have something on the stove and I heard this guy calling my name and so I need to <laughs> no you can definitely if you shared a lot and I'm gonna bring in Lydia as well but you can definitely break away but you've shared a lot I heard, I, we don't want to, we don't want the house burning down or anything <laughs> but yes we're gonna have uh, Eric break away again one of our other guests as well but definitely uh like I was saying uh there's been so many great conversations that have gone on um, and I want to bring in Lydia who's got a very powerful song that she has written and everything so I definitely want her to share a little bit about that song but before we get to that I want to get back to something that Dewanda says on her page which is that uh, to wait before you start changing your um, diet and getting into your exercise routine. I know a lot of times folks are just to run right into it. So, Tawanda, if you can talk about why you tell people to wait and not just jump right into it, but I guess it's to have a plan. That's my guess is what you're telling folks to do. So, is that what you're saying is that you need to have a plan and have to jump into it all willy-nilly? Yes, um, there are a couple of things. So, one, we live and die on a cellular level. And so if you're not understanding what you're deficient in or lacking and you switch up some, you know, some of the things that you're doing or eating, it can it can cause problems. But also you want to be mindful that it's going to be beneficial to you. So if, you know, you have, you know, certain health issues going on, you don't want to make those things worse. So looking at the body and looking at, you know, someone's health history and also their health story, because we all have a story about how we got to where we are you know, at some point, like, you know, all those things are essential. And then just making sure you do have a plan as well. So you definitely want to make sure that you have a plan and that that plan actually um, is what you really want. You know, oftentimes we'll say, oh, I want to lose weight, but what are you trying to lose? Are you trying to lose fat? Are you trying to lose, you know, muscle mass in the process of that? Because you can lose muscle mass, you know, instead of just losing fat. So it's just really making sure that you truly know what it is you want to do and why you want to do it. That's That's really essential. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree that that's what a lot of folks need to do more of is actually have like an actual plan. I know that I try to get out. I haven't done it enough lately, but I try to get out and there's a um, Duke Gardens is closed right now, but there's another smaller garden that's got a walking path and things of that nature. It's also near Duke's campus. So I try to get out and walk around there, even though I've been a lot lazy lately and have been concentrating on this platform and a number of other things. So I need to do a better job and actually get out there and get that walk going so that I can actually drop some of these extra uh, pounds that have been put on during this pandemic and everything. So definitely, I agree that that's something we have to work on. I did want to bring in another one of our guests. And of course, I still want to continue the conversation with Eric as well. But uh, Lydia is with us as well. Lydia Salad, who has done a great job of being a singer here in the area and has actually done a song about what's going on in the world and uh, things of that nature. So we're going to put on her song, What You're Going to Say, later on. But Lydia, if you would share with our listeners, and of course, we have this global community here on IBM.TV, a little bit about your musical journey. I know that you've been affiliated with a lot of the great uh musicians here in this area, but if you could just share with our listeners a little bit about your musical journey and what got you into music. Okay, how's everybody doing today? Thanks for having me as a guest. Um, I am originally, I live in Raleigh-Durham, really Youngsville, but I uh, was raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and um I was raised, my mother was a church music musician and my father was the deacon. So we grew up in a, a home where 
Uh, there was a lot of practicing before Sunday morning to get those hymns right. Um, so, uh, you know, that's always been a part of my life. And, and I went to school. Actually, I went to Liberty and I studied accounting. But music always played a part. And so I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina about 20 years ago. And I just, um, I have a love for kids and working with underserved and at-risk kids. And from uh, working with the church and things like that, I just had a natural gift for music being a tool for me. So music has always just been a tool. Um, and so what I did was I started on a journey in 2003, where I began to take piano lessons for jazz. I already played by ear and took a little bit of classical, but um, I just took one class a semester starting in 2005. I got a, a Ed Antonio. I'm sure Mark, you know who he is. Um, and just one class a semester, taking music classes, taking breaks in between. Eventually in 2016, I got a master's in jazz composition. Um, but I took that very first music, jazz music appreciation class, and I grew up in an urban area in Cleveland. My first response was, I have never heard this information before. And I said, why haven't I heard this information? Why hasn't it been taught? Why haven't I been exposed to it? And so in 2011, I started a nonprofit organization called Select Art Center. And what I do is I go and I work with um, different communities, uh, working with kids, teaching them the history of jazz, blues, and Negro spirituals. And they teach them how to compose their own music, um, bringing in a lot of musicians, improvisations, scattings, whatever it takes. And the kids just soak it up. And then I show them, you know, documentaries like about Louis Armstrong or different people who had struggles just like them. And, um, and they're able to relate. So anyway, the song that, um, I, my recent single uh, basically it was written last year, just riding the work and just so disheartened by the news and what was going on in the political arena. And um, I said, it's so bad that you don't know what to say. And so I was like, what you going to say? What I mean, what difference does it make? What you going to say? And it turned into a hook. What you going to say? Are you voting blue for the left or red for the right? What you gonna say when a crime is committed? Was he black or was he white? What you gonna say, even though you may be legal, you still threatened by ICE. What you gonna say, you know they force you to accept when you know it ain't right, and that can go anything, you know. And so um I wrote it, you know, I put it out on a sticky note. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna come by day, so I write real lyrics when I'm looking at numbers. <laughs> and um, and so I had a last year and in the pandemic that well since I'm gonna have time let me go ahead and it's the song and um it, it's a dance groove but it's a serious subject matter and so uh I said wow after the George Floyd situation and everything was the culmination of many things I said boy it seems like I just wrote this song but I actually wrote it last year so I tapped into a rapper a local rapper Cahill and I asked him to speak about the current situation and it just, it just worked. And so um, I feel very strongly about videos, you know, and so I was able to get some footage and, and talk to people and just really try to 
make the message even more clearer, make my words come to life. And so um, it's just, uh, just been an interesting journey. Uh, music for me, is just like painting, you know, you, you, however you want to paint, however you want to call it. Some people will like it. Some people will not, but you got to be honest with yourself and you got to be respectful. And, um, it's great collaborating with people. So that's, that's sort of how I ended up at this point. Yeah, well, one of the things I want you to meet with Dr. Punk, and I know that Dr. Punk is also involved in the music world. The music also is uh, very much a to joy in it as well. So definitely, he's got some songs that are meant to joy in it. Of course, that you know, uh, Eric Kelly is involved in the, that world of education as well. So, Dr. Punk, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the, what you just heard, the songs that are Check the stems on the microphone is getting double. So we couldn't really understand uh, what he was saying. There for a second and see if that. Hold on. Hold on. Move people just for a second. There we go. Can you hear better now and everything? I was saying that um, definitely is involved in. what she's got going on and everything. So I'm going to bring the rest of the guests on, but did, did you get a chance to hear what her song was about? And if you had a comment about that, and then we'll bring Eric and also bring uh, Tawanda back in as well very shortly. But that's what I was asking is you heard about the show. I mean, her song is actually about what's going on in the world right now. Yes, I like that. I like that because we need to be examples for the next generation. You know, our young brothers and sisters and our kids, they need to understand that we need to speak up, you know, because we don't have too many positive examples out there. You know, they have used the old system of divide and conquer. So they're trying to separate us. So I really like what you're doing, Lydia. It's really nice. You know, I'm doing the same thing. We have a song called Love Is. And the song is about the power of love and how it's going to keep us and save us. You know, and it's love will pick you up, but love won't let you down. Love is everlasting and will always be around. And the next generation needs to understand that. And, you know, like you said, you want to make your words, you know, grow, just like when you're painting. And that's one thing that we have to understand in America, like they do in Europe and other countries, our music, is powerful because they're listening to us. You know, when I go overseas, they're listening to us. 
you know, they're like, Dr. Funk, what is it about your music that, you know, makes people want to just jump up and throw their hands up in the air? I said, it's the spirit, you know? And I always tell my audience, the funk will heal you. The funk will heal you. But there's all kind of funk, you know? Like Lydia said, I was in gospel, me as well. My mother was a very famous gospel singer out of New York. So I grew up in the church. When I say in the church, every day she would take me because my mother sang with so many people. And that inspired me. And my mom told me, you do you. Don't try to be nobody else. You do you. Because that's what God wants you to do. You know, don't copy nobody. Be yourself. Yeah, yeah that makes a you lot know, of that's sense. I know that Eric all saying about your song. That's you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. Couldn't hear you. Yeah, I said I know Eric also grew up in the church as well, so I wanted Eric to talk about uh, that connection to the church because I know he also grew up in the church as well. So I'd love to hear Eric's thoughts about uh, growing up in the church, and also if he could talk a little bit about uh, the what he's got going on with the uh, youth and how he's providing these computers and the scholarship that I know that that's part of what the Black Expo is all about. So I'm actually going to turn it over to Eric to talk about that aspect of the Black Expo and the dates that is coming up. Um, I want to see the video. I want to get a copy of the video. I want to see the video. I want to get a copy of the video. It sounds amazing. Um, the Black, I was saying earlier, my grandmother came up with the idea and I took the idea to the Black Data Processing Group because I was their fundraising guy. And after about a couple of months, they said they weren't going to do it. But I had raised about $7,000 because I'm going to go get her. And when you start talking about being in the church, um, that's where I started drawing it. You know, my grandmother used to say I was running around the church. She handed me an ink pen and I started drawing. And I still have a love a love for, uh, for ink pens today. And she said the people that I was drawing looked like the people in the choir. And so that was way back there about four or five years old. I told her I was mad with her because she didn't keep the daggone picture because I would like to have a picture. And so the Black Business Expo gives scholarships to kids each year. We give 10 scholarships to kids. We give um, we give uh, five to entrepreneurs, and then we give five to to um, science, technology, whatever, whatever um, you plan on going into as, as a student. And the way that we give them out, we let them write an essay, and they go to our website. We do a pitch event so that we can hear the, what they're saying because, you know, with so many scams and, you know, our kids are real, real smart, man. And so they'll write something, but they don't want mean it. They'll go on the Internet and pull it and throw it up there. And you think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And then when you interview them, they don't even know what they, they wrote. They're just looking to get that laptop and they're up to $5,000 from you. So we we have gone through that whole process and the Business Expo is for the kids. And I tell people all the time when I'm um, talking to people that, you know, we forget our legacy. And that was the piece that I was talking about earlier. And it's not our fault. And I think sometimes we we make it our fault by not stepping across there 
and saying, you know, hey, what what really can happen? If you think about it, what really can happen when you open yourself up to a young person that's lost? Maybe you're going to be the voice that changes their lives and allows them to see something differently. You know, when I was listening to the to the uh, um, lyrics of the song, what you came up with is brilliant. It's something that we need. And that's the thing that we don't do anymore. We don't we allow other people to tell us what our narrative is, to talk about, you know, who we are and what we are. You know, so you're scared of a black man. So when you see a black man in leadership, you know, I remember um, after about 20 years after the expo. Now, I've been doing it for 20 years and I've been doing a great job and all that good stuff. People start saying, well, why is he giving out scholarships? What is his angle? You know, because because the culture began to change. And like I was telling Mark earlier, it used to be a time when I was saying I'm doing the Black Business Expo. My phone wouldn't wouldn't stop ringing. Now I'm I'm having to call out black black uh, business owners and say, hey guys, what y'all doing? You know, are you going to do something? You know, so the climate has changed, but we can't let the climate change us. We can't allow uh, ourselves to be censored from the feelings and the thoughts and the things that we want to do with our lives. Because at the end of the day, when the timekeeper closes closes our eyes, we have to say we did a we did our part. And we can't worry about whatever the people did. Mr. Funk, I mean, Dr. Funk, yes. you know, I, I want to hear some of your music. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I want to hear everything because you never know what the next thing is going to be. You know, I also play music and all that stuff. I don't talk about that just like I don't talk about my art a lot of times. And, and when people see my work, they say, well, you should be drawing every day. And I say, say to them, our brain is big enough for me to be an artist, to be a businessman, to be a piano player, to be a singer, a dancer, and all the things that I want to do with my life. This world is set up, and this is just my ideology, for incompetent folk to survive. And I ain't gonna call no names, but that's how I see the that's how I see this world. And we are the kings and queens, and, and our 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 power is strong enough for us to create a legacy, not only for ourselves for our kids. I don't want to hog everything because um, I am a talker. One of the things that I know, Eric, that you can talk a lot about a lot of things and definitely a number of issues and everything, but one of the things that you have brought up, and I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts about this and everything, but I'm going to talk to Tawanda first, but then I'm going to come back to you and maybe even Lydia as well, and of course Dr. Funk, is that there's been conversation going around the nation and everything that we're going to see a tremendous uh shakeup of the business community. And I've heard figures that it could be as high as 50% of our black businesses that could go under during this pandemic. So I was wondering if others are hearing that as well and what ways they think that we can address that. I actually think that this in some ways could be a chance for us to rebirth kind of that black Wall Street kind of environment that used to exist. But I'll turn it over to, to Wanda first and hear her thoughts on this because I have heard figures that definitely somewhere like around 20 to 25% of restaurants around the country could go under and definitely close to 50% of our African-American small businesses and businesses in general. So definitely I would love to hear your thoughts and then I'll come back to Eric on that as well. But Tawanda, I'm turning it over to you. 
I first my uh, I have three children and they all have their own businesses. So hearing, you know, information like that is just kind of like I'm, I'm hoping that that's not the case. And I do agree with you, Mark. I think that that it's possible for things to shift and turn around if we put ourselves in in the right position. And I think that's where, um, you know, black businesses come in, the, the black expo comes in because you're getting yourself and your information out there. And if we continue to do what we know we need to do and support our own, then um, I, I think that it won't be as catastrophic as they're saying that it could be. So we, we just have to one, we, we have to do what we know we're supposed to be doing and that what we should have been doing long ago, you, you know, it's just, it just hasn't happened and it hasn't happened for a reason. But again, you know, military or, or plans that have been put into place have been executed very well. And that's why we are where we are, <laughs> right? So we have to we have to start thinking differently. We have to reframe the way we think about each other and we have to truly, you know, to go at, go after supporting each other. And like I said, for me, for my children, I told them, I'm like, you get to decide how much money you make. That's you get right. to decide, you know, what you do and when you work and how you, you know, how you do things. Or you can allow somebody else to, to do it. It doesn't matter which one you choose, but just understand the consequences to both of them. And gratefully, they they all do have their own businesses and they have had them for, you know, some some time. My daughter started her um, babysitting business when she was 14 and it turned into a nanny agency, you know, so now she has people working for her. And then she also, you know, decided she wanted to be a linguist. So she does, you know, work outside of her business as well. So, you know, it, it we, we get to create what it is we want to create, but young people have to understand the power that they have and they have to stay focused on what it is. And there's so many distractions out there and they get distracted by all of this other stuff. And we, we want to be famous. Right. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be known. And they're not understanding, you know, the the big picture and what comes along with that. In addition to, you know, just just how how life works. So yeah, definitely. Eric, I'd love to hear from you as well. And then I want to come to Lydia and hear her thoughts on that. But you have been at the forefront of black business here in the triangle for decades now. So what are you, some of your thoughts when you're hearing figures like that, that 50% of our businesses, including some businesses that have been at your expo, are probably facing turmoil right now and are facing the possibility of closing. So what are your thoughts when you're hearing figures like that? And what ways can we get out there to make sure that our businesses stay alive? Well, first of all, I want to say to Tawanda or Wanda, you're doing an outstanding job. First, that's, that's the first thing. And we need to celebrate not only women, but families who are doing what you're doing and getting our kids into that situation where they understand they have a choice because they're they're told that they're going to be nothing but slaves and and like i said i went to school to get education but i just was one of them guys who wanted more and that's why i became who i am but we got a lot of them that's that's falling on the wayside but to this business issue you know you're saying 50%, I'm saying 70%. Because when you start talking about the restaurants and you talk about the kind of businesses that black people have, it's all touchy-feely. It's touchy-feely, it's touchy, you know what I mean? Those companies. From earaches to strep tests, there's Minute Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Minute Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. 
At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. That gonna touch you. Those companies that's gonna be because we've been relegated into that kind of business. You know, luckily for us that we have the young people that are in technology, but they're in technology and they're way over there in technology, and we're still in these smaller businesses. And you look at a place like North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company, at one time the largest African American uh, insurance agency in the world. Now it doesn't exist. I mean, even the building was just sold a, a second time. And in our black community, and the sad part is our black people in our black community sold it to white folk. And then the white people put it on auction and didn't allow black people to even know it was on auction to give us an opportunity to even, even get together and say, that's our legacy. That's that came from uh, 18, 1889 where some men in Durham, North Carolina got together and built it from the ground up and we want it. And, and so when you start talking about business and one of the things I tell people all the time, you know, you got to look at business because if you look at right now, if you look at seven years ago, the iPhone that we have today is more powerful than the computer that the president of the United States had 10 years ago. Okay. Why aren't we not taking this phone and utilizing it to build businesses and, and make money? Cause I'm going to tell y'all this and I know y'all hear me. If in fact this phone was in existence when I was a kid, I would be a billionaire. Ain't no question. I would be a billionaire. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because our young people right now, they're moving so much faster than our heads are moving. And we sometimes don't, we look at them and we don't understand that they see things totally different. You know, when the last time that you played a game of basketball and you got a last place trophy, you know, so everybody got a trophy. I tell people, I tell people all the time that, the, the worst thing that ever happened to me is this. I was an artist and I went to North Carolina Central University and they told me that if you were going to be an artist, you would be a starving artist. So <laughs> I said, okay, you know, I'm the, I'm the first guy on art scholarship and my counselor is telling me I'm going to be a starving artist. Now, mind you, I had a company called EAWK Art and Sign Company on the side making about Three hundred and four hundred dollars. Uh, I mean, a week. So I was making my own money. But at the end of the day, this is what this guy told me. So I said, "Well, then how I'm going to make some money?" And he said, "Well, you can go into advertising or, or fine arts." So I went into advertising, and I had a very successful advertising agency. I retired from my advertising agency at forty-five. But, but on this year, this year right here. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about how much artists were making. And he was saying 
that he asked me who was the richest living black artist on the planet. And I was telling him it was Dikende Wiley. Dikende was selling art for $500,000, uh, $600,000, $100,000. So in my mind, I was saying it's Dikende Wiley. And we was arguing. He said, that's, that's not true. Now, he leaves. I get on the internet, and I click and I click, and I find the guy. And his name is Mark Bradford. Bradford. And Mark is making work worth $12 million. Okay. First of all, after I found that out, I spent two days studying Mark Bradford, and I cried. And the reason that I cried was because sometimes leadership in your life is not good leadership. So you gotta you gotta almost watch what kind of leadership you get, because in fact, if, if you know, if I could have understood, because I believed in myself, because I never stopped drawing my. My pastels go for four thousand. My painting started ten grand. That's pennies compared to what his stuff goes for. But I never stopped drawing and painting, and I have stuff from junior high and high school and all of that. But at the end of the day, I missed out on a valuable part of life because I listened to people who were supposed to be my leaders. And and I wanted everybody to go away with today is to think about who's leading you. You know, what water are you swimming in? You know, where are you in your life? And when we talk about these business owners that are going out of business, I do believe that this pandemic is going to birth a lot of new businesses because a lot of people have, have had a chance to sit down and think. Because I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for this pandemic, I wouldn't have known about Mark Bradford. You know, I wouldn't have known because I'm pushing a narrative that's not even a true narrative. And, I'm, and this is supposed to be my field that I retired into. And, and I really say to people, a lot of times when you're telling people stuff, make sure that you give them, giving them all of the information because all of the information can change people's lives. And, so, and like I said, I never would have picked up a basketball. I thought I was a good basketball player. I'm chasing NBA. I'm chasing a semi-pro. I'm chasing everything I can chase. And right in the palm of my hand, right in the palm of my hand was my riches. And so one of the things I can say is fortunately for me, I had the opportunity to live long enough to see my riches. I had I had the opportunity to live long enough to see to to, to what I call change I have changed the the art of art with the style that I created because I started in this thing wanting to create something that was not like anybody else's in the world. And and that's what I, that's what I have to say to that. And like I said, I'm a talker, but at the end of the day, I just like to say in terms of our business people, our business owners who are going out of business, we have got to turn around and stop stop doing what we've been doing all these years where, where that dollar only lives in our neighborhood for six hours. You know, we come home, we get the check, we come home, we go to sleep, we get them eight hours in, then we get up and we go and we spend it somewhere else. Mexicans come to this this place and you can't be mad at them. I ain't mad. Look, I'm not mad at white people and I'm not mad at Mexicans because white folk have said we're 10%, we're going to run the whole entire world. Can't be mad at that. That's what they did. The Mexicans come to your come to your country and they come in groves and get in one house and then they live in that one house for a while 
they all get jobs they pay for that house they pay for another house they pay for another house they call people back home and come and they pay for a whole community and then we can't stay in the house with one person without worrying about who got the money who holding on to the money what you doing with the money where you going with the money why you did this and why you did that and that is the challenge that we as a group of people got to get past winning lynch is real you know the old against the young the lights against the dogs you know fast against the slow and as and i know y'all don't want to hear this because there may be some lebron james fans. <laughs> <laughs> i say this she laughs she must be but but where else in the in this country and i'm not saying lebron is not great and i'm not saying michael is not great where else in this world can a man win six championships and another man lose six, six championships and the man that lost six championships is better than the, the, the man that was that won six championships. Only in America, when a black man is doing something excellent, we don't pay attention to the psychological damage that's doing to our kids because it's almost saying you don't have to you don't have to be excellent. You can just lose you can lose six in a row and get four, and then we go jump up and down and say you are better than that guy. You can be a seven footer and play in the NBA and be in the center, and white people will pull you out the center of of the floor, make you shoot jump shots, so everybody else can run down through, and they can be the dominant part of that game, and so. We don't look at those little bit of things. We don't look at those things. What we do is we enjoy the sport. And when Mark called me today and he said, are you going to claim your Lakers again? <laughs> and I told, I told Mark, you're wrong. you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong, Wanda. I told Mark, I, told Mark, I said, no, I'm not going to claim any sports. All of, all of it's rigged. I already know all of it's that's how I feel. All of it's rigged. And the key is if you count the number of hours that you spend with sports in your lifetime, Sunday, all day Sunday, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays on NBA, and if you watch tennis and any other sports, and then you add up all those years in your life over a 60-year period, you have been a spectator in your life living your life and that's why i don't do sports i i i, I draw and i paint every day people tell me what happened and yes indeed i do believe that someday in some way we're gonna we're gonna pull away from this thing called television we're gonna pull away from these things that are what i call distractions and we're gonna at least give our black folks credit for what they've done what you laughing at i'm <laughs> telling you you got me over here dying i got well, so just a bunch of truth and everything i want to hear what uh tawana's got to say as well but before we get to what tawana's got to say i do want to hear from lydia as well because one of the things that i know that is very interesting and speaking of things that are going on in the world is we're also hearing that our musical community is in deep trouble as well. And I know a number of folks are not doing as much as they used to do. So I'd love to hear your take on what the music industry is and how you're even making music. I know you have a regular job, but how are you also working with uh, the music industry? 
You were breaking up, Mark. You were breaking up, but I think I can hear, understand what you were saying. The, the music community is in deep trouble. And this pandemic, it makes you reshape yourself, reimage yourself. Um, the first thing, okay, so I'm blessed because I work, I'm an accountant part-time. But what I uh, I did have an opportunity as soon as the pandemic hit um, in Mar at beginning of April, I have a friend that works at a behavioral school. She's a principal and the kids live there as a hospital and they were still having school the entire time everything was going on. So I went over there part time and got trained and um, taught the kids some music. I did. A, they let me do a music program where I taught the kids, showed them positive documentaries of how people overcame situations like Steph Curry, anybody that was popular. Um, uh, one little guy that was on Oprah Winfrey some years ago had gotten shot and was blind, but his parents stuck with him. He's like he's he's basically like a Stevie Wonder. He writes. He has his own children now. So we watched a lot of documentary and then I let them write their own story and I brought in equipment for them to record and then we had a listening party. So I wound up having seven listening parties in one day because of social distancing and they don't allow the girls and the boys to come together. Everything is separate. But I went and did that um, and that was a whole nother avenue to be able to make resources, to make money. But um, my goal is to be a producer. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm starting to work with people and their music slowly but surely, you know, wanting to be able to put out a good product and collaborations. One thing I do understand, I am limited. I'm not real techie. So I have, I connect with people, you know, and it's about the collaborations create a community. And, um, I, like I said, I went to Central and graduated there, so I know a lot of musicians. So any project that I'm doing, for instance, and even I'm going to do a voting campaign dance competition with this song, because I'm like, I have to be creative. How do I push my own material, you know, without depending on somebody to play my music? How can I come up with creative ways? And so I tapped into one of the little guys at the church who just graduated. And guess what? He knows a lot of young people. He knows a lot of young people need to vote. He's a part of a Greek uh, fraternity. They love to dance. They have friends that dance. So I'm like, I got to find a way to tap into the community of youth. Um, and so pretty much, you know, everything for me, it's like now I got to come out of my shell, out of my little closet. And I've really got to connect with people just like I reached out to you, Mark. You know, it's like, Okay, I've been in Raleigh for 20 years. You know, you guys, this is the first time I've heard of you guys. And, and Tawana, what you said about your children is awesome. Like, that that just inspires me because I love young people. So this pandemic for me has just kind of forced me out my little circle, you know, to let me, let me, let me. Let me see if I can spread out a little bit more and, and, and tap into other people and humble myself and ask people for help. You know what I'm saying? And 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 a lot of times what he's saying, we as black people, we don't trust each other. 
you know, is trust. We are very suspicious. You know, my husband, he has an incredible gift of people with small businesses, just business minded, knowing how to direct them. And he will give them information because he's an incredible, he has incredible uh, reading, understanding of laws and taxes and different things. And he'll tell one of my band members, this is what you need to do to get ahead of the curve, to get this money and to do this. You can get 15000 here, you can do this and that. And they won't trust him, even though he has a relationship with them. But if a white person comes and tells them the same thing, they will embrace it. And that's how kind of we are as a people. And um, we've, we've got to find... We got to have consistency. You you trust somebody when they're consistent and when they're authentic and what you see is what you get, you know, and, and, and we get different agendas and things like that. And I want to be better than you and I'm in competition with you. You know, a certain amount of competition is healthy. But if we are trying to come up together, you know, it's just got to be a different mindset. But I think I feel that during this time we will meet those people who are like-minded as far as let's, let's come together and be cohesive and, and have common goals. So that's my take on it. But I gotta go to another appointment. But uh I will be definitely back on it again. Bring on your music and let Eric hear it. So I want your folks that are here to hear your music and I want you to hear it as well. I want you to stick around to hear um, definitely what Lydia's got going on because I do think it's an amazing song and I want to bring that to folks and everything. So if y'all will hold on one second, we're about to let folks check out the song that I want to say. It's a very powerful song and that's the end of it. So we're about to give it to you right now. And my website is carolinajazzgirl.com. Yeah, hold on one second. The website's having a moment of its own, but we're going to make it happen. We always do. So we're going to be ready to go back and bring it back up, and we're going to have a moment of our own. But right now, we're going to bring it up. What you going to say? Check the things out later. I don't like what I see. This political climate is against the best of me. Want to make a decision, even when I don't know. All of these situations reveal the heart of the soul. You know, I'm ready to fight. 
Yeah, I think that uh, Lydia had to leave us and everything, but there is no doubt that that was a rocking song. And I think that everybody that was here, Eric and uh, definitely uh, Dr. Funk and also uh, Tawanda were enjoying the sounds that they were hearing. So what was your thoughts and everything that you were hearing that song? So like I said, I know she had to break out and everything, but what was your thoughts about what you heard, Dr. Funk? Definitely. This is what we need. We need more positive from our brothers and sisters. And that is definitely a good song. You know, the energy is what we need. We need more of that. You know, because I'm getting tired of songs and people want to go out there shooting everybody. It's like, nah, we need to let the people know you got a voice and it's time for you to speak. And we need to stand together. So I want to let you guys know it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with my black people. And I, 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 I get emotional because I love it when we come together and accomplish something positive, you know? And the topics that we talk about today is the topics that we need to talk about every day. And Tawanda, you are doing amazing work, you know? I really, really enjoy speaking with you and being on the same program with you. And Eric, black business is what's gonna keep us together. We gotta learn how to trust one another. You know, black people have to come back together as one family. You know, if we have to, let's build a house and we all live together. Let's do this. We'll save money, I know I will. But, <laughs> well, on a, on a serious note, I love you guys. Mark, thanks for having me. I got a session I have to go do. And um, I left some information on the chat. You guys can hit me up. Let's talk about the future. There's going to be a lot of things happening. And we're going to get through this pandemic. We're going to get through this. And let's stay connected. I would like to stay connected with all of you, everybody. And um, I'm here for you. If you need the phone, you know where to find me. All right. So Eric, you heard him say that he's got the phone for you. And I know he's getting ready to bounce out and everything. But if you got any messages for Dr. Funk, we would love to hear your messages to Dr. Funk. And then, of course, we'll continue the conversation. I'm also going to bring Aisha into the conversation. Hopefully, she'll have her video going on or she might just have the uh, audio going. But definitely, Aisha, if you can hear us, we'd love to hear you talk about your uh, things that you've got going on, because I know you're involved in the arts as well. So definitely, if you'll share a little bit about what you've got going on, we would also appreciate that as well. So like I said, I saw that you just had your symbol up. So if you just want to put up the symbol, and uh, if you can't get up the video, we would love to hear you talk about what you've got going on in your world. All right, peace. I'll see you guys. Yeah. Bye. Take care. It was a pleasure. I will, I'll, yeah, I'll connect with you online. I got your information. I'll connect with you on, online and see what I can do to help whatever you're doing. I have a, I have an uh, outstanding artist out there by the name of Madam D. So I'll see if I can get y'all connected. Who knows? Who knows? She's we might be singer. family. You don't know. But we're talking. I'll see you Bye. All right.
Sounds great. So uh, definitely we'll see if we can get Aisha going as well. But in the meantime, you heard the music, and I definitely agree that there was a lot of things that were said that definitely uh, need to be addressed and all of that, including like what we we're talking about with the state of black business, the state of music, and the state of arts and things of that nature. So, Eric, I know that you're also a visual artist, as you just said. Tawanda, your uh, husband was an artist and is an artist as well. So definitely ex-husband, I should say. But definitely if you could share a little bit about how you feel the art world is surviving in this pandemic as well, then we can go from there. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure on how the the art industry is doing. Um, he is doing very well. You know, things haven't stopped. But I think it's because he, he has a, a broad stroke that he kind of plays with. So he not only does, um, you know, work on the computer with art, he also hand draws. And At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. And he does a lot of things. And, and of course, with connections that he's made, you know, he's doing really well. And he also does commercial work as well. So it's he he's in the the private industry and then he also does commercial, um, including labeling and all of that. So he has a a, a broad range. Where the money? So is. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and you know he's done a lot of um, you know murals around the Raleigh Durham area as well. Also in Charlotte, uh, he did one of the big murals down in, um, at the Gantt Center as well. So he's kind of you know he's been around and he he's doing really well. So, but as far as with how, you know, overall everything is going, I'm not quite sure because my ear is not to the ground so much. So, you know, in that industry, um, just because I'm trying to keep both feet in <laughs> the industry that I'm in, which is really, really huge. So, um, but to, uh, doc, uh, I was going to say, Dr. Eric, Mr. Eric, you said so many amazing and wonderful things like, you were you were on point with a lot of the information that you spoke about, and I just I love it. So I I love it. You know, well, I tell you, you know, you 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 act like one of my sisters when I get, get to talking. <laughs> they get to laughing. They be having a good time because you're like, where is this guy being? Where is this black man being? That's gonna gonna tell the truth about how he actually sees it, and not worry about what other people say. And when you start talking about the art market. You know, there's, and, and I know you asked about it, but I believe what the, the um, lady that just left us was going to talk about, she was going to talk about how the whole prostitute, pimp, um, thug, shooting and killing kind of rap and in our music is permeating into what, what our kids believe to be by trying to be in music and not really understanding and enjoying what music really is made of. 
And I think that's what she was going to talk a little bit about. And then when you start talking about us artists, one of the things that we're finding out is that a lot of these white curators are not giving us the opportunity to be in the major museums. And these all of these art fairs, they charge so much money until, you know, you're asking the question, do I pay you all this money? And then I guess somebody buys something from me. And see, with the Black Business Expo, the difference that I do is, even though you pay me $450 for a booth, okay, I'll have about 5,000 people to sign up. I already know that you can only give 20, maybe 25 people five minutes of your time to in that eight-hour period. So instead of me saying, okay, pay me, pay me, and you only talk for 450 for 25 people, I say, okay, I'm going to give you the all the names and all the numbers of everybody that shows up to my show. And I'm not going to charge you for that because I already know you don't have a large advertising agency, large PR firm, large marketing firm, or a large branding firm to help you. And that's the piece that people miss when it comes to us. We're always thinking about how much money goes into our pocket. We're not thinking about how much money can go into everybody's pocket. And if all of us making some money, think about it for a moment. If all of us are making some money, it really don't affect us individually. It it affects our families. And that in lies is the challenge that we have as a group of people understanding that it ain't about us. It's about everybody. But more importantly, it's about our family and our legacies. And when she was getting ready to get off, I could feel her spirit where she wanted to get deep into into this this whole music thing because you know if you're a musician and and i used to sing and dance and i used to work with one of the top uh comedians and we travel around but if you're in this music game there's some of you that you have to give up to be in this game in situations where you don't really be thinking about that when you're chasing to be that star you know it's just like when we saw what Weinstein and we saw what Bill Cosby and we saw with some of these other people, what we really were seeing that we were seeing predators. Because if you think about it, here are 3,000 black women for, to be one star. And you got one man who's the head of making that one decision. And these 3,000 women walk in that door and they close that door what is the possibility of nothing happening and the person's talent wins today? That's what the market has turned into. And that's the sad part of the market. And the beautiful part of what we have now today, and I need my young people, I need everybody to hear this. The beautiful thing we have today is we got this damn, and I do cuts, we got this telephone. And the telephone kicks down the door of the gatekeepers and the people who can keep you behind. And if you pay attention and you work that daggone telephone, you can become a star because the water that you want to swim in is out there for you. You have to not accept the little stuff that, you know, um, I don't want to dog this uh, corporation out, but I'm going to talk about them. Duke Energy called me and said, Eric, how are you doing in the pandemic? We want you to um, talk about 
how your business is working in the pandemic and everything. You know, we was going on, they was going on and on. And then I said, well, how much are y'all going to pay? And she said, well, you know, we only have $500. I told her, I said, I can't do it for $500, ma'am. I said, y'all a billion dollar company. If I was a white man, you wouldn't be saying that to me. I said, I I charged 10 grand to come out the door. I said, but when I step down to take that $500, then everybody in the world is going to say I'm worth $500. I've got $20,000 to speak. I've got $40,000 to speak. How am I going to turn my mind and say, and I needed that $500. Don't get it twisted. You know, I'm not saying I'm above money. I need that $500. But we as a people have to understand that sometimes uh, any money is not good money when you're looking at your brand and you're looking at who you are and what you represent. Like my great-grandfather used to tell me, he used to say, don't just give your work away, sell to collectors because they were respected. And just like Wanda's husband is not starving because he hasn't given up his integrity and he has built a practice where people believe that the work that he do is worth what he's asking for, you know? And that's the power of anybody that's working. If you don't know your value, don't allow somebody to tell you that your value is not valuable. Okay, that's critical. When you don't believe in your value, they can value for anything. And then at the end of the day, when you fall for anything, how do you get where you want to go? You know, and so and everything. I wanted to bring in Aisha Faya Harris, also an artist as well, and has definitely been involved in a number of things. Is a uh, definitely I consider her like a singer, a poet, a number of other things. So share a little bit about your story and what brings you to us as well. I definitely think of you as a great performer here in the area, and you're doing a lot of amazing things. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story here on the online dinner party. And by the way, uh, one of the things that we have, and I need to get those clues out because sometimes the conversation gets so engaging that I don't get to the clue part, but there's usually at least one or two, sometimes three mystery guests, which will appear at the end, uh, which will be around a little bit after seven o'clock, but I'm getting ready to drop some clues as to who those mystery guests will be. You've seen some banners going about as to who they will be. One of them uh, is a basketball player that is connected to Australia. And another one is a world famous person here from the United States. And then there is another one that has Australian ties as well. So like I said, I'm dropping off some of the clues through banners and hopefully as folks are watching, they will try to guess who that person is or who these people are and everything. But Aisha, as I'm running those clues on the banner, tell folks a little bit about what you've got going on in your world. Okay, uh, first off, I want to give you thanks for even allowing me to uh, grace you guys' presence. I want to first get that out. Thank you so much for that. And I did not know what I was stepping into when I stepped into this show. Uh, it's a lot of truth going on in here, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get that out first. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Asha Faya. Uh, you may see Asha Faya Harris on here. That is my uh, Facebook page, so you can reach out to me on there. Uh, I've been uh, doing this journey for eight years now. I started out in 2012 writing poetry. I uh, got out here and a lot of things that you guys are talking about here, I can pretty much relate to it. Um, the um, 
the bad um, views as far as speaking uh, good music and trying to put out good music and getting that bad, bad feedback from um, radio stations and things like that because you're trying to push love songs or because you're trying to push black love. So I can definitely relate to that, especially as a female artist. Uh, again, I've been out here eight years. I started out doing spoken word poetry, uh, traveling back and forth between Dallas and Fort Worth doing poetry pretty much all over out here. Also working with Fort Worth, doing uh, some community work, doing the um, Juneteenth Freedom Fest, the May Fest, just pretty much whatever they have going on, anything dealing with sickle cell, that's pretty much where I should go be. Um, I, right now I'm going um, through the process of doing a video for my new single, Get Gone. That is available on all the platforms. I came up with the song when I went into the producer's office, whose name is Buck the Writer. He has a chart on his wall, so a race board that says Burger of the Day. And we were discussing the Burger of the Day, which was pretty much respecting relationships and how you have to be respectful and most relationships don't have respect or trust. So I came up and then I started singing this little hook about, you know, uh, do re mi fa so la ti do get gone get the hell on up out this door and then uh, he said okay get on the mic and I said well what you mean he said well you're gonna get this going so I got in there and here came get gone so I've been out here I've been on my neo soul journey for the past three to all right, so she's going to, Dewan is bouncing. Uh, Aisha is going to hopefully come back, but she was definitely sharing a lot of knowledge and of all of that. I know that you said that you've got to go in a little bit to deal with the client and everything. So, uh, Tawanda, if you've got any final, final thoughts that you'd like to share, because one of the things that we do always at the end of the show or toward the end of the show, in addition to revealing those mystery guests and everything, which is basically me showing a picture of whoever those famous people might be, is we let folks give their thoughts and their reflections or their words of encouragement that they might want to give to folks. And definitely, uh, as I always say to many of my guests, and actually most of all of them, I hope to have you back on. I've actually been having conversations with your ex about having him on as well. So definitely yes. have you back That's on. What with That's what I'm saying. Well. So I'm definitely I need to have you. Black me and matter. But I would love for you to share whatever words of positivity that you have and any words of encouragement you have from our listeners around the world. Because I know we've got some shows out of South Africa, Malaysia, Nigeria, a number of places. So we do have listeners that listen from around the world. So I would love to hear you uh, share any words of encouragement that you have. Oh, yes. So thank you so much for having me. Let me tell you that I enjoyed all of you. You guys were exceptional. And I'll be definitely reaching out to you, to everyone as well. But words of encouragement, I would have to say, we have to fall in love with the process of taking care of ourselves. And to that, I will add our own. I'll add that because we, we have to we have to stick together in order to to truly make this thing work. And and it it's not going to come without a struggle. You know, we, we talk about our, I talk about our warriors, you know, through, throughout this process with everything that has been going on in America and our warriors have to stand up and you can be a warrior in many different ways. Dr. Eric is a warrior in the business world and really trying to help people, you know, do what they need to do because business is not, business is hard. 
you know, and I think if somebody had told me that when I was actually starting out, I probably wouldn't have believed them, but <laughs> to be honest, but it, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing, you know? And so we really need to be able to, to count on people for that help and really understanding, you know, getting the information that we need and who better to get it from than us, you know? So we really have to understand and know what it is where we're trying to do. Um, so I just say, continue to really find what your point and purpose is on this earth and and push that you know because if you push that instead of just looking for a business then you're going to have much more success because you're going to be more committed and dedicated to it and i think for me that's the only reason why one of the reasons why my business does so well because it's not just something that i'm doing i actually live a holistic lifestyle and it's a part of my day-to-day and it, it makes it easy. And it also makes it easier for people to want to follow what I'm doing because it's not just something that I learned in a book. You know, this was this was real life for me. And so I, I am so grateful for all the clients that I have, you know, in all the, the 22 states and three countries. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But we have to we have to lead first. We have to be leaders. So stand up and be a leader, not just for for your I mean, well, really for your family. So lead your family into health. I had to be the health leader of my family so that they would start shifting and adjusting what they were doing. And somebody's got to stand up so that we can change these generations. Definitely. And I would just like I would just like to say that I enjoyed you so much. I hope you saw my comment um, that I put in the chat box and. Um, we're doing seven days uh, with the Black Business Expo, and we're going, and it's going to be online. It's going to be live, and we're raising scholarships for kids, and that's what we do. And I surely would be honored if you if you would be one of our speakers this year to talk about the Health Initiative and talk about your business because I th- I'm a vegetarian, and um, I, I, think, I think a lot of people miss that because they listen to what everybody else say. You know, I, I remember when I was in college, and it was 1982, and I was in a biology class, and my teacher was talking about why we die, black people die, hypertension, pork, beef, and, and, and what that did to our bodies. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated from college, I said, now I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. And one of the things I'm not going to do is eat no pork, no beef, and no meat. It took me a long time to get away from chicken and fish. Because they said that was all right. But then I started thinking, well, you know, you know, man, come on, it's still a, a beast of burden. And, yeah. if he got, and if he got cancer in his body, yeah. I'm going to get it in mine. You know, and then, you know, in, either way, I just, uh, I, I think that you would be a great person. Um, and you. Mark was telling me you, you was fantastic anyway. Oh. You know, and, and See, see how he's grinning, right? <laughs> anyway, he said, "I want you. I want to get you on so you can hear her talk." And uh, once you hear her talk, you know she's. I, oh. he, he didn't have to say anything. <laughs> I could feel your spirit through the screen. Oh. And one of the things that I love about our people, when people are genuine and they're doing something that they love, mm-hmm. it's more powerful. Um, maybe the next time that you come on, or better yet. I'm gonna put my um, my art site. Oh, uh, I I I email email me at info at Black Business USA, and I'll send you and my your husband my art site so y'all can check it out. And you know you can see some of my artwork, and then then you'll see just like you. I love what I do, but the vegetarian piece 
has served me well because all my boys and all my friends are big and fat. <laughs> but, and I'm, look, I'm skinny. And I, I won't never forget about five years ago, we had a pool party. And I go to the pool party and everybody got their shirts on. And I and I come walking out there like I'm, I'm 25, 26. <laughs> and they're like, it ain't fair. You got to go. The, the wives told me that I had to go. So, so that's how bad it gets you know and i tell my used to tell my son peer pressure would kill you but old folk pressure would kill you i did want to bring back aisha i know she was sharing some of her comments and everything so uh, we're not seeing her picture but hopefully she'll come back on with the picture and all but definitely she'll hopefully be able to come in and share more of that story but i agree that peer pressure is something that is, it is. scary and is definitely something that uh will get you every time. And I know a lot of times folks are not willing to think about that peer pressure, but you're right. It's oftentimes something that we have to deal with and don't really talk about and things of that nature. So I'm sure that even in your wellness uh, practice, you do talk to both the young folks and the middle-aged and the elderly about the peer pressure and how that can be a detrimental part of what goes on. So is that the case? And if so, can you share a little bit about that and all? Because I'm sure folks would be interested in knowing more about what you've got in that word. Yes, I um I would probably have to say that my my business is probably more 40 and above, which is very odd because a lot of times we think that the older people are not willing to take care of themselves. And that's not the case. I have 70 year olds that are that reach out to me and they they want to improve their health, you know, um and and the younger people are not necessarily at that point. But you gotta remember when we were that age, right? We thought we were invincible. You know, and so you're not you're not looking at that. You're not thinking about the possibilities of diabetes starting when you're in your teens, because that's actually when it does start. It's not something that starts. You know, it takes 20, 30 years to actually, Whoa. you know, start having diabetes. But we're not thinking about those things. We're thinking that it's just something that happens as you get into your 30s and 40s. And that's not the case. Um, so, you know. Um, so I don't have as many younger people in my practice. I do have a lot of the, you know, 40 and above a lot of 70 or 80 year olds and also a lot of men. Um, we say that black men don't take care of themselves and that's not true. And they're there not because their wives, you know, wanted them to be there. They're there because they actually truly want to be there. Um, and, and so I, I applaud that. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have, you know, black men just, you know, really wanting to take care of themselves. So, um, it's, we have to really stop listening to the hype. That's what I'll say. We gotta stop listening to the hype because we, we've been told that they're not taking care of ourselves and all this, like, like we can't, we just gotta, we gotta go out there and really know that we have the power to do it and, 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 you know, take care of ourselves the way we need to. I'll say that, I'll leave it like that. <laughs> I agree with you. We definitely got to take care of ourselves and do things along that lines because we're not doing enough of that on a regular basis. And we need to do a better job of that. One thing I can say about Eric is that he's always been out there, even playing in his, uh, as he's gotten older, he still continues to play basketball and still does his exercise, still does things along those lines. But I've noticed that. But you know, you know, I want to tell you one other thing. And, and Wanda, thank you for what you said. We got to get ourselves together. I was playing whole court basketball up until about four years ago with the young people. And I slipped and fell walking out of a store and tore my rotator cuff. Mm. And I haven't played since, but up until then, 
because of how I kept myself up and not stop playing, I was able to continue to play. And the reason that I have not gone back to play is because I understand the body. You know, when, when you got the muscles that are stretched and, and moving and everything is working, you're good. But if you sit down for four years and then you think that those same muscles that you built up are going to go out there and be elastic as it was before, it's not going to happen. So, you know, I just I just think that we should embrace more health workers and embrace more people in that peer pressure that's coming from, you know, because my mother and I'm telling you, my mom and them, they gave they gave me hell about being a vegetarian. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. They realize that it don't matter. Right. And then my sister, who's a chef, began to cook my food by itself because mm. I would come to all the dinners and I sit there like this here. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Y'all ain't got nothing for me. I ain't eating. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna joke. I'm going to get me something to eat. See, but that's discipline. That's discipline because that's and that's what we have to have. And and the same for me. You know, I I did that with my children as well. I started my children detoxing when they were um, ten, and I did that um, also because I wanted them to understand that you know the body can actually go without food. You know, one and then two. They were going to have to go to birthday parties and not be able to eat anything because there was nothing for them to eat. So I wanted them to show the discipline of you can go to an event and have just as much fun and celebrate the person that's there, you know, and not, um, you know, not partake in what's going on. So that discipline of them understanding that, like, we can go in and, and enjoy and not have, you know, and not eat anything, but still have just as much fun. That's that's so vital and so important, yeah. you know. So you had discipline and I was the same way. My mother, I, and I think I talk about it in the book. My mom, you know, you know, said, hey, listen, I'm not cooking anything extra for you. You know, you, you're going to eat what I cook. And I'm like, and I'm in you know, high school and college. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just eat the vegetables. If there's no vegetables, then I just won't eat. But I was committed. My why was bigger. I didn't want my children to go down the road of having the leg amputations and diabetes and high blood pressure. So I had to do something different. And that was what I felt like I needed to do. And again, for me in school, I was in school, you know, in, in college, and they were talking about the trichinosis worm and understanding that it was in meat and raw meat. And I just thought, wait a minute, like, why, if the food is not good for us, why are we eating it? If our digestive systems don't function in that way, why are we giving that to ourselves? And then I think for me, that final straw was I was in the Nation of Islam and they did Ramadan and, you know, they talked about it. And it's like, OK, after Ramadan, like we're going to stop eating this because it's not good. And then we're going to go back to it. And I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like if it's bad, why are we going back to it? So that was when I actually just said, I'm done. And I just stopped. It's just like that's that's it. And that's and that's the piece that people don't get because you don't get a second life. You don't right. get a chance. It's not like, okay, well, I eat all that food and my, my body messed up. And guess what? I'm going I'm to I'm get another chance. You don't yeah. get a second chance. And and I remember when I wasn't eating meat and the whole mad cow thing happened. You know, yeah. and let me tell you when I stopped eating chicken. Tell you when I stopped eating chicken. I remember like it was yesterday. Remember when they had that, that big um chicken um thing over in china 
Oh, yeah. Chicken disease in China. Yeah. yeah. It's like some 20 years ago. They had a big mm-hmm. chicken disease. Mm-hmm. I was sitting at the house and I was looking at it. I said, well, mm-hmm, I guarantee you that a bunch of them chickens going to be <laughs> And I don't care where they go. They're not going in here. And so that was when I, I, I stopped doing chicken. And, you know, I was doing salmon, salmon and fish and salmon and fish. And then one day I just woke up one day and said, you know, why are you doing that? I mean, look at you. Why are you doing that? You already know you don't eat meat, but you're going to eat some salmon and you're going to eat some fish. Okay. What, what, what is that saying about you and what you're saying about what you want to do and what you don't want to do? And it's the same with business and it's the same with speaking. It's the same with everything that you do. If you are committed, and I said earlier about that guy doing $12 million a piece of art, he was committed, okay? he was. I can't get mad at him because he's making $12 million a piece of art. I can only salute him and say congratulations. But at the end of the day, I still was committed in doing what I was going to do. And we have to look at our lives and say, okay, when, when that dash that's between your name, what did you do? Did you just do what somebody else wanted you to do? Or did you do what you wanted to do? And if you do what you want to do, it don't even matter when you die. I mean, because when you go, we don't know. We are are the strangest people on the planet. We live a life and never know when our last breath, our last day is. And we spend a lot of time not not looking at it as precious days and hours because you know, people ask me, how do I have the motivation to talk? How do I have the motivation to draw, to paint, to whatever I do? And I tell them, I said, look, when I wake up in the morning and get that, that air, I say I'm motivated to do anything I want to do because I understand it's another day. It's another, hey, it's another change. Eric, you're talking some stuff yeah. now, Mr. Eric. Now, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want, I tell people there are two things we're afraid of. We're afraid to live and we're afraid to die. We're afraid to live because we're afraid of what other people are going to think and say and how we're going to look. And then we're afraid to die because we haven't done what we wanted to do. Regret. Regret. You know, and I told Mark, it may not have been Mark, I told somebody today that I can look back and see those regrets that I had. But the regrets that I had, I'm not going to live in that water. I'm not going to stay in that regret because I didn't get a chance to do something I wanted to do. I got to look at where I'm going. I got to look at where I'm headed. I got to look at, you know, if Mark hadn't called me, if called me, <laughs> I would be painting because that's what I want to do. But I know how it, it, important it is for people to, to experience other thoughts and other spirits. And those spirits give them some motivation and some thought process as they look at their lives because they're saying, well, you know what? Here's a 65-year-old man who said to himself, I'm going to do everything I want to do because that's what I want to do, not because somebody else wanted me to do it. You know, Mark will tell you, I am probably one of the most talented guys in the world. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. 
That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. But I don't walk around with it on my chest, you know, the radio, television, newspaper, you know, I was covering black people, you know, a black enterprise, you know, as a photographer, you know, I've done all these great things, but at the end of the day, it was what I wanted to do. And we got to get our young people to understand. And I want to say it. So when you go and talk to your daughters and talk to anybody, this daggone telephone we got. This telephone we got is the most powerful piece of apparatus that we have on the planet. And mm -hmm. the next step is this thing right here. This right here is the next step. When I mean by this thing, this Alexa voice, where you're going to be able to talk to this and get everything that you want to get. Yeah. We got to begin to understand that this is going to transition to this. And so we have to study this. I don't even keep it on because I believe it'd be listening to what we say. <laughs> but I turn it on at night because it wakes me up and then I'm able to talk to it. And you notice I said talk to it, it like it's some somebody, yeah. not that it's yeah. a machine. And so you need to tell your kids that an old man told you they need to investigate what is going on with this piece right here and the whole face recognition thing because... Oh they're doing the avatar now, the, the mechanical avatar right now, where a man can sit in an avatar right now, put a thing on his face, and he can move a robot all the way across the world. Yeah. And so we gotta we gotta get away from um just walking that line of this is what it is and start looking at what, what it really is, and that's that technology. Because in a few in a few short years, if we don't be in that race. We're going to be out of this race. Yeah, definitely. And everything. Um, I did see that Aisha had popped back in, and I know she was sharing a little bit of what she had going on. So I hope she's going to adjust that camera and we'll be able to hear her story as well. Because I did see her that she had things popping in that she wanted to share and everything. So I think she tried to adjust that camera and everything. But um, <laughs> I know, Tawanda, that you said you had to leave very shortly and everything. So I did want yeah. to uh, go ahead with some of the others. If you uh, wanted to just uh, let folks know once again uh, where they can find you and uh, where they can find the book and all of that. So I want to give you that opportunity to do that one more time. And we do yes. see uh, Aisha is back and we can see her and all. So, but before we get to Aisha, I want you to tell folks where they can find that book. So you can find Breaking My Family's Poor Health Chain. This is the book here. You can find it on Amazon. It's also on Kindle. And we have it on the website, which is realwellnesscorp.com. And we do, we are looking at getting it in a couple of the stores around this area here. So we're actually trying to do that as well. We have it in some of the stores out in California already. So we're just trying to get it everywhere that we can. Um, you can reach me. All of my Instagram is the same. It's realwellness underscore LLC. 
And so that's for Instagram and Facebook. And then also realwellness313 at gmail.com is my email that you can um, contact me. And thank you so much, Mark, for having me on. Mr. Eric, I appreciate it. Miss, is it Aisha? Aisha. Asha. Asha, yeah. Asha, Miss Asha. I didn't get a chance to Asha speak with you, but I definitely wrote down your information and I'll I'll be looking you up as well. Okay. Can I ask you one question? Can yes. I ask you one question? Do you have it on a CD? I'm actually working on it. I have to take voice lessons for that. <laughs> so my they, I'm actually working with a voice coach um so we can do it on audio. Um so yeah, we, we've been working on that for a minute, but um, yeah, I had to get a voice coach for that. Okay, either that or you can get somebody like Asha or or myself or Eric to do the voice for you. because I You know, I, they won't let me do it. They, they won't. No, she needs to do it because yeah. we that spirit in her heart. But the other question I have, and, and the reason I said, please send me your information because what I would like to do is send you some branding information, some merchandising information that you can add to your tool toolbox in terms of other things that you do that you can do. Because I got DVDs, I got I got stuff, I got all that stuff. And what happens is we don't look at the merchandising side as as well as we should. Because you should you should have your stuff on one of these right here where I can buy. You know. I, I am a salesman. I'm a salesman first. I sold cars for three years so that I can make $150,000 so I can open up my ad agency. So I'm, I, I tell people, you got to look at the sales and merchandising part mm -hmm. because that's money when you're sleeping. And yeah. so that's when you started talking. I started pulling stuff up because I wanted you to have a mental picture of what I'm thinking about because at the end of the day, we have to compete. And sometimes the reason we don't compete is because we don't research what, sure. what competition is. And that's that's why I asked that question. Absolutely. You're I absolutely do. on top yeah. of it. Asha, I wanted you to come on and talk about how you're doing and what you're doing in the sense of your own merchandising. Because I agree with Eric that merchandising is very important. And like you said, you've done spoken word, you've done music, you've done other things. So what are you doing in the sense of your own merchandising and getting your own merchandise out there? Oh, okay. Well, uh Actually, I, I agree that you do have to have merchandise. Uh, I've printed shirts. Um, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm in the process of doing things with my new single, Get Gone. So this weekend, I'm actually meeting with someone to get merchandise together. My plans are to do mugs, uh, possibly masks. Um, I know definitely I want to do USBs because not everyone is into CDs anymore and not everyone is able to stream. So you kind of have to be versatile with that. So I'm also wanting to look into doing some USBs. Um, what else are we working in? We're going to be working with doing posters. We're going to be working with doing possibly maybe some hoodies. I'm really into maybe some ladies hoodies and uh, SD cards as well. <laughs> right now, my music is actually streaming online. So I'm, I'm looking to go into doing more open as far as doing merchandise, definitely. All right. And definitely if you would, and you can even put it in the chat if you're near a uh, computer that you can do that. But if you let folks know where they can find your music and your poetry and where the website is so that folks can actually check out what you're doing and hear a lot of the different ways that you are expressing your talent at all. Okay. Well, uh, I'm all over. I'm all over social media. If you Google my name, you'll pretty much find me and my performances. It's not hard to locate now. Since I've been out here a while, I've been doing pretty much 
as much as I can possibly do to promote on a daily basis. I have about three pages on Facebook, so it's not going to be hard to find me on there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, number1music.com, reverbnation.com. And like I say, uh, my music is on stream sites. It's Amazon, Pandora, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, pretty much all the platforms I have it out on right now. And um, I think you guys are going to love really a, a cool little site I came up with. And then I have some more. I'm trying to get back to that, that old love and feeling that used to be in music that's gone. And tell folks once again so for those who are watching from around the world about all over Cool. And if you tell folks that are watching from all over the world uh, a little bit about your music and the style of music that you perform and how you would classify it, because I know a lot of folks do listen from around the world. Actually, one of our producers is out of uh, South Africa, Alexandria May, and she actually does like some singer-songwriter kind of songs, and uh, she has a show that's on Sunday afternoon. So if you would let folks know that are listening from around the world how you would describe your own music and your own poetry and your own style. Okay, well, actually, I, I created my own style of music. I, I love the old school <laughs> sound from back in the day with Donny Hathaway and um, the Temptations, the Four Tops. I, I grew up, my mom My mom played that all day long, so I, I, I'm, I'm very fond of, of those eras, and I, I really want to bring back that type of sound the way it was when it was actually rich and crisp. That's the way I describe it. Rich and crisp, you know, like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> so that's really what I try to put into my music every time I'm writing, every time I'm in booth trying to lay down a track. My mind is on uh, how am I feeling? How can I express how I'm feeling in a simple way, not something too complex? That way people can can kind of get it and understand because a lot of times, you know, people put out these songs and they have all these big words and people are like, I don't even know what they mean. And uh, I just want to shoot it straight from the hip, let you know where I'm coming from. That way you can, you know, get your groove on something. Maybe you can swing to something. Maybe you can ride to, uh, maybe you can relax to it. You may be able to even meditate to it. So I, I, I don't really consider myself, one particular genre I identify with neo soul, but my music can be hip hop, it can be neo soul, it could be jazz, it could be blues. It actually just depends on how I'm feeling when I step into the booth. So uh, don't don't look me to be in one area. I'm, I, I I plan on being all over. I don't I don't want to be in a box. I just want to write good good music and uh, touch some souls and possibly heal some souls in the process. And to me, as long as I've done that, I think I've won. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and that's definitely a lot of the ways that you handle things and everything along those lines, because you definitely uh, share a lot of your music and everything. So for folks that are watching everything, let folks know also where you're based at and uh, how you got involved in the music industry. Say that again. I'm sorry your connection oh, came in a little that, slow. You would just share a little bit about your own journey in the music industry, so if you'll let Eric and the others that are watching know where you're calling in from, and also a little bit about your own musical journey and how you got involved in the music field. You want to know about my journey into the to, to music? Is that what yes. you I just want to make sure yes. I'm clarifying. Is, is, okay. So, okay. So my journey started in 2000 and actually started in 2010. I was going through a divorce. I was married for 10 years. I had just 
got up the nerve and the courage to leave my 10-year marriage that was very, very abusive, and I'm mean, on all levels. Um, so I ran back into a guy who I had worked with when I was younger doing music, and he was still producing. So uh, his name is Tony Brown, and I had come contacted him and I was just bending about my life and how depressed I was because <laughs> my marriage was ending. I felt like a failure. You know the usual that you feel when you're experiencing that. So he said, why are you on the phone talking to me? I don't want to hear that. And I was like, what? You know, how dare you come at me like that and I need somebody to talk to? He said, why not write? You need to be right. He said, go write and then call me back. And so I hung up with him and I was so angry. I was like, how dare, you know, he tell me that and grabbing a pencil. How dare he come and tell me what I need to do and I'm grabbing the paper. So I'm going, I'm, I'm fussing and fussing. And then I, next thing I know, I wrote a song called Schizo in Love. And it was pretty much an expression of what, I, what it was that I did experience during that 10 year period in that marriage. And from there, it just started flowing and then I started writing. And then I got out and I had the courage to actually start speaking on some of these poems that I had written. And then later on, when I was told that no one would listen to my poems because they were all about love, that uh, I decided I wanted to create my own genre, my own style, and That's my good. own way of doing things. I wasn't going to go by what the norm was anymore. That's good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know one of the songs that you did, and I know we had uh, Leah on, who's here in North Carolina, and you're over there representing more of the uh, central part of the country and everything, but you, she had that song about uh, justice and things of that nature. And one of your earlier songs also dealt with that. So I was actually going to bring up uh, an earlier song that you did a couple of years ago called Freedom. So I was wondering if you could talk to me and Eric a little bit about what freedom is about and how that's actually also about what's going on in this world. Even though this was before the pandemic, we are seeing a lot of Black Lives Matter cases even happening to this day. So I know you did this song entitled Freedom. So if you could share a little bit about what freedom is all about before we get ready to play it. Mark. Yep. So I think okay. I just go ahead and play Freedom and then we'll come back to her and everything. So, yes. Asha, Asha. Okay, so um, I, I, did, I did write some songs about, about world issues. I, I love writing about world issues because those definitely need to be addressed. A lot of that is just getting swept up under the rug and we're just supposed to turn our heads and, and keep turning our heads. And so I did write a lot of songs about that when I first came out because I started doing a lot more self-love searching. I guess that's the way you would put it on this journey too. So uh, I went from not loving myself to loving myself first. I guess that's the way to put that. So um, I write about that. I have a song called Freedom. I have pushing freedom actually since what took place with Sandra Bland. I actually went to the Dallas protest and during that time I protested. So I got to see some of the things that did take place behind the scenes that the media did not disclose to the world. So I decided to write things about that and I did. I put that in freedom. Uh, it's all over a song that I wrote called That Knowledge. Uh, I've written many, many different pieces. I have one called the rise of poverty so i write about a lot of different things and, and like i said it just depends on feeling for that day if i wake up and i'm upset about something i'll write about it so yes it's, i definitely love to write about world issues because they definitely need to be addressed 
Yeah, definitely. So we're going to let folks check out Freedom right now, and that's what's getting ready to come up right at this moment. It's getting crazy out here. Freedom. You see, you got to spot the madness when it comes to you. I'm so frustrated, and I know that you are too. We don't know what to do. All in our feelings about the past. We can't escape the pain that we feel when we look at roots and see NASA cracking the whoop all on our ancestors' backs. It's hard to tell by just looking around how much suffering that they actually really read. What they really think about us is they And see, we need to start thinking about things like that when we pray our souls to keep. Because see, out here things are deep. Shootings in churches and schools and clubs. It seems like selfishness is the new love. When is it going to stop? When will we learn that it's time to come together and unite? See, our Why children are being stand? targeted every day and every night. Oh, and the shadow oh, man is constantly oh, pinning oh, us down. So we can't fight. But we and all we want to do is go on Facebook, yeah. post new pics of holes the next episode of Empire Wasting or time. Time. But see, time is constantly going tick. Tick, tick, towers and buildings being blown up, earthquakes are starting to spit on a massive scale everywhere the whole world is living in fear and every year it gets worse, it's getting worse, cancer, diabetes, heart disease and AIDS, chemotherapy, we are being plagued like the ace of space. When will we really learn? We just need to learn what's really going on out here. Or are we just going to continue living on in fear and making excuses? See, all we really want is freedom. We just want our freedom. Give us back our freedom. We want the freedom to think for ourselves. Freedom not to worry about wealth. High gas prices on what the devil's new device is. We want the freedom to eat original foods. No more GMO alcohols or drugs in our hoods. You see, we just want our freedom. We just need the freedom, the right to live and be treated with respect, love, and compassion. We want our freedom. Definitely some deep performances that Aisha gave us and everything. So uh, hopefully Aisha will come back on. There she goes. Aisha, that was definitely some deep works and everything. So I think Eric was definitely grooving to what you were doing and definitely some very powerful words that were spoken in that performance. I'm sure that Eric can relate. And one of the things that I oftentimes talk about, even on this show and on a number of other shows that we do, is about the role of arts as activists. And I know that Eric considers himself an entrepreneur, but also an artist. And he definitely believes in activism from our artist community. And it seems like that's something that you have a passion for is using your art, whether it's the poetry or whether it's songs, as part of the activism. Would you agree with that, that you definitely try to use your voice as an activism tool as a way to communicate the message? Can I, can I say uh, something before I leave, Mark? I, yes, I, I know I don't want to yes, leave. I want to say 
I've enjoyed your music. The message in your music was powerful. Um, I, I, I'll send me your information. I get it, and I'll look and see what I can do to send people your way in terms of people who may be interested in, in your music. It's, it's truly awesome. And I'm just glad I got a chance to hear it. But I do have I do have a 730, uh, 7.30. And, of course, Mark, I put the website in the uh, chat room, which is www.blackbusinessexpousa.com, one of the largest business showcases in the history of Black America in North Carolina. Aisha, thank you so very much for letting me listen. And much love, my sister, much thank love. And, and keep up the good work. And thank don't turn, don't, don't turn around. Don't turn around because the other people want you to turn around. Because just like I said, the people that want to hear your music are your tribe. And you get in, in front of your tribe and you're going to make all the money in the world. It, it Don't worry. One of the things, we're not patient. Just be patient, but keep pushing ahead and don't take no wood nickels. And you know what that means. Don't let somebody fool you to do something that you're going to regret down the road. Because in the music business, right. in the art business, in any business, everybody wants to wants to take an advantage of an advantage. And, and, it, and sometimes you don't see it and it happens, but sometimes you do. And it's great that that man that was telling you to start writing because he opened up the windows and the doors to your soul so that you would be sitting before us right now doing the great stuff that you're doing. And again, I, I want to say thank you for letting me listen. And I look forward to the stuff that you're going to continue to do. And Mark, thank yes, you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's really inspiring. And I, I you know, thank you. I'm really going to come back one day. When one I day. Really to people who appreciate the fact that I'm out here. <laughs> thank well, you. That's what, that's what it's about. We have to stop looking down on what we can do, period. We do it so much until it's almost like a habit. And we have to break these chains and break all of this mess that we have we have been programmed to create because we didn't create it. 7,000 years ago, That's right. when they showed up, we had already done 7,000 years, okay? We had already done the pyramids. We had already done the hieroglyphics. We done done all that stuff and probably went all through space and all this stuff. But we fall prey to not understanding our brilliance, our brain power, and our strength. We fall prey to that. And then we allow other people to put us in a box and then, then take advantage of the profit of that box. And we have to begin to look at how do we could continue to create our own wealth and we can do it but we have to be patient but more importantly we have to stick to what makes us unique in this world and again that's all i got to say as my great grandfather that's used to right. say the number one business in america is to think number two is sales and number three is originality and with that being said i always say what you're looking for is looking for you. Goodbye until the next time. Appreciate you, Eric. Great uh, words of wisdom you gave to a lot of folks from around the world, and I yes, definitely appreciate you being on, and I'll definitely have to get you back on in the near future, and I know that there are some other folks that will probably be reaching out to you as well for a number of our shows. As a matter of fact, the gentleman that does 
my closet from Nigeria. He's already given us a like on everything. So I know he's been watching and checking out what we're doing. So he's definitely uh, enjoying and probably a number of other folks from around the world are hearing this great wisdom from Eric. So I definitely want to appreciate you, Eric Kelly, for being on. And we were rolling the banner earlier, just like we were rolling the banner for um, uh, Tawanda's business as well. So I may do that before I get off one more time, but we have been letting folks know how they can reach you. And hopefully we'll be seeing more people learning about that Black Business Expo. Before you get off onto your 7.30 meeting, give folks one more time the dates of the, the virtual expo, because it is going to be virtual this year instead of it being in a live venue is going to be virtual so give them one more time the dates of the black business expo olympics because we're going to do it olympic style this time with a lot yeah. of dates. yes we're going to do um uh, black business week this year and we're going to do what we call in black business olympics and during the olympics we're going to do seven days on monday we're going to do business to business abcs of your business how to start business how to get involved in business on tuesday we're going to do branding advertising Pub relations, marketing, and merchandising. On Wednesday, we're going to do social media, how to how, how to get online, how to do Twitter, how to do Google Words, SEOs, and all of that. On Thursday, we're going to do diversity, inclusion, economic development. Um, on Friday, we're going to do youth in business, the Generation Xers versus the Generation Z. How do we bridge the gap? On Saturday, we're going to do business and culture. On Sunday, we're going to do Black business and the church. And the biggest thing that we're going to do is we're going to have a platform that's going to start from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock in the evening. We're out to bust history wide open. It's never been done before, never been done before, never been done before. That's what we're going to do. But I want to say to all my people across the water, I believe in you guys. I love you with all my heart. I want you to believe in us. And what we have to do is both of us got to reach across the water because of this telephone and this internet and join together to give us a food quarter, to give us a clothing quarter, to give us something that we can touch each other and begin to live in our, what I say, our water, to live in a, in a space where we're not dependent on other people because if tomorrow they wake up and say we're going to close down all the grocery stores, what do we do? If they wake up and say they're going to close the internet down, what do we do? If they wake up in the morning and say that they're going to close everything down unless you another nationality, what will we do? So we got to stop that hatred, you know, for you guys. And you guys got to stop that hatred for us because we both know it's there. And the most important thing is to understand that we are 80% on this planet. And, and being 80%, we got to take advantage, and I'm looking at my clock, of the 80%. Thank you again. I can be reached at um, Kelly 45 at Gmail or info at Black Business Expo USA. Excuse me. Info at Black Business Expo 1.com. I can be reached at both of those places. The stuff will be in the chat room. And again, thank you so very much for allowing me to be a part of your spirit in your village today. I have truly enjoyed it. And for those of you who are thinking about opening a business, I want you to remember one thing. Nobody else can do what you do. You are original. You can claim your glory. The reason that it's in your head to do, because it is yours to do. Stop listening to people telling you that you cannot do 
what you want to do. The color of freedom is green. No matter what anybody says, the color of freedom is green. Come get some of this freedom. Thank you so very much. Until the next time. And as I say, without love, there is no power. And without no power, there is no you. And of course, if there is no you, there is no me. What you're looking for is looking for you. Thank you and bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you, Eric. Definitely some great messages that you gave us and everything. So I appreciate you being on and definitely yeah. we will get you back on in the near future. But I want to thank you for being one of my uh, principal guests on this particular afternoon and evening and everything. So definitely uh, thanks a lot. And we'll catch you on the next time. So uh, Aisha, it's just me and you as we're preparing to wind down. I do need to do a little bit of housekeeping before we wind down the entire show, which means I need to bring up some of the advertisements for some of the shows that we have here on this network, IBM.TV. So if you'll give me a minute, I've got to do a little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll come back and talk to you a little bit more about your musical career, and then I'll also reveal my mystery guest, which just comes on at the end of the show. But I do need to do a little bit of housekeeping, and this is one of our shows about what's going on okay. in the world. It talks about the White House. So right now I'm going to bring up the White House reports and what they're all about. And we got to also bring up talking upstream. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. And we've also got a wine show coming up, and that'll be coming your way on this weekend. So here's a little bit about them.
And last but not least, the Gamers Den. So that's some other shows that we have here on IBM.TV and all of that. Aisha, just one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as we get ready to wrap up and everything. But one of the things I was curious about, are you seeing enough people in your state that are actually getting out in terms of the artistic community and trying to get the artistic community to mobilize the voters and other things? Because like I said, I do know that you're more in that central part of the country and everything of that nature. But are you seeing enough of the artists actually mobilizing our people to get out and vote? Because I know here in North Carolina, we have early voting starting tomorrow, and I know a lot of times it's the artists, the poets, and others that try to mobilize our community. So are you seeing your community of artists mobilizing in the state that you're in? Aisha, I don't know if you heard that question, but I was asking if you're seeing enough of your people mobilizing and talking about the issues around um, voting and getting people out to vote right now in your area. So you've got oh, okay. a couple of your people in your area that are mobilizing where you are. As far as far as voting, a bit of a weird kind of view when it comes to voting. Um, I, I, I would encourage people to get out and vote, but vote for the person that's actually going to bring some changes. I don't see anybody in office that's actually worth voting for. And that's just my opinion. I don't think it's actually going to bring in about any actual change. So far, everybody that's been voted in has not met the cut. So uh, actually, who who can we vote for? Because what we have right now is working on either end from what I'm seeing, you know. So what uh, we still have gang violence. We still have um, single mothers. We still have issues. Who's going to address our issues? That's that's who I would vote for. So if I'm going to encourage someone to vote, vote for someone who's actually bring about change. Whether whether Biden, I haven't said their side that's stopped anything so far. So um, if someone can show me that, that's fine. I'm I'm very open to see, but I the one that's brought about any change. Changes actually, actually yeah. changes. Not, I'm just telling us to get our votes. They office and then vote for someone that's actually going to get it here and get it done. But I would encourage the bring it in just. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We got to get more people out there. And actually, I know one of the things that I push on this show is that we need to study more about the uh, local elections as well. Because I know a lot of times, whether it's in Texas, whether it's in North Carolina, whether it's in California, we don't pay enough attention to our local politicians. And a lot of times they make the major differences on what goes on in our life and things of that nature. So even like in terms of like some of the rules around businesses and clubs and things of that nature, a lot of times that's determined on 
the city levels and the state levels and things along that line. So I'm sure that even where you are, you're probably seeing a lot of things that are impacting businesses and impacting clubs, but they are being done on like the uh, mayor level, the governor level, and on the city and county level. So I'm sure that that's even what you're seeing in your hometown as well. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually been pretty, pretty, um, pretty bad here in Texas, especially with a lot of the things that's going on. I, I, I'm really hoping that that it is going to be some changes made on, and and that's on all levels. That whether it be uh, there needs to be some changes all the way around. And yes, we can vote, but again. What are we voting for? Who are we voting for? Who's actually going to actually make some changes? That's that's what it's all about. If we all could pull together to my to my the way I see it, I don't really think we actually need a president. I don't think president is the answer to the question. I think people coming together and trying to unify as far as getting some things done ourselves. I mean, where can we things better? How how are we allowed to make things better? We we're we're depending on one president to uh take care of everything in the entire world why is it we all as a people can as a whole and try to bring up changes or get some things done or possibly uh have more um say so in how things are done as far as passing by and things like that why can't we as a people do that why do we just gotta wait on one person to do what it is that Evidently, he's not able to do this. It, it nothing right though. I think the change needs to come with bringing the power back to the people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Bringing the power back to the people is something that I know a lot of folks have been definitely saying that they would like to have done and everything. I know a lot of times when we think about the arts, we think about like the East Coast and New York and North Carolina and even Florida and DC and Atlanta's got a burgeoning music scene. And of course, people always think about the West Coast. But we don't always hear enough about what's going on in the music community and in the poetry community in that middle range, like Texas and Louisiana and things of that nature, unless it's niche kind of market like uh, Zydeco in Louisiana and some of the other like Texas blues artists and things of that nature. But how do you think that your area is doing in terms of being recognized and the music talent coming out of there? So you've seen enough talent that is being recognized coming from Texas, or would you like to see a better music and poetry community represented in the state of Texas? With, with me being a poet and being an artist, um, I think I, I'm, I'm so open to all different types of music. Um, I, I really think art is just what it is, it's art. And it's to me, it's more about the time and the the effort and the substance that you're actually putting into the music more than it is against certain genre or, or whatever, because I listened to Amy Winehouse and she's had some good music. Um, I, I've listened to the Beach Boys and they have good music. I don't really think it's, it's necessarily a, a particular um, description as far as what music really should be defined. I just think to me, the, the best way to define music would either be substance or non-substance that's that's the best way to to put it because right now the music that's out now doesn't have any substance none 
And a lot of these stations are pushing that type of music intentionally. So um, the question would be, what is the what is the agenda to get rid of this art that that we're speaking of? What why is there an agenda to get rid of art? So that to me means that art is very, 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 very important for someone to be trying to get rid of it. That is what we need to be trying to preserve the all the talent, the the effort, the substance, the uh the blood, the sweat, the tears that's being put into those lyrics and 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 that expression from those um from the from that particular situation. Because that's that's how me was. I was just uh discussing with Buck the Rider just last week about how when we were growing up, we had Janet Jackson did Let's Wait a While. We did her and then her beat was playing in the background and, and you, you could get into the music. You had time to sit and, and unwind and figure out what it is that she's actually saying in this song. She's just not talking about let's wait a while to actually be intimate. She's saying, let's wait a while. Let's take our time. Let's learn one another. Let's grow with one another. Let's get to know one another. So, yeah, because one of the things that I've noticed that a lot of people have been that talking is, about is the, that style now on a bubblegum rap and no substance, no meaning. So to me, it's just about the the, the value of, of holding on to the art. Yeah, yeah, because one of the things that I noticed a lot of folks have been talking about is how they feel that uh, unfortunately too much of uh, the music industry is controlled by too many power brokers that might be just like one or two kind of organizations, whether that's Clear Channel or whether that's Live Nation or whether that's a number of other folks that are the rulers of radio and of venues and things of that nature. So as an independent artist, how are you finding ways to break into the music business when so much of it is controlled by like some monopolies that exist and things of that nature? So how are you finding ways to break through and get your word out? Well, I do a lot of networking. Uh, if, you, if you go to my Facebook page and, and look at my Facebook page, majority of the people on my page are business-minded people. So I try to surround myself around business-minded people, people with positivity. And so what I do is I work. That's the best thing that anyone can do with a business is to network. You have to be able to network. You have to get out. You have to bond and create a relationship with other people and that's what i've been doing and i was very sheltered growing up so getting out learning how to do this even that's been a journey for me still is because i'm kind of shy in person so <laughs> so i i do a lot of networking i do a lot of networking i do a lot of getting out going to different events support other artists supporting other book signers other models, just anybody that's business-minded that's on my page, I share their information and they share mine. So I get to give back, you know, I put my dues in. And um, I think the best thing that a person can do, again, is, is network. And I do a lot of looking online and researching things to see other ways to may possibly see a site that uh, that's for art. Although it may not be a major quote-unquote mainstream site, it's still something you can share my music on. So I, that's the, I don't view it like, oh, this is mainstream or this is low stream. I don't, I don't view it that way. I just view it whichever way I can promote, I promote, but I try to promote in good ways. I don't want to, you know, take my brand 
or anything. And I always treat people the way that I want to be treated when I'm when I'm working with other people as well. So I, I just I try to build my brand up and stick to to what it is I'm trying to do. And I do a lot, a lot of networking. Yeah, networking is very important. There's no doubt about that and everything. I'm going to reveal later on in about another few minutes or anything, our mystery guests and all of that, which means that that's some of the banners that have been rolling across and uh, giving clues about who those folks are. And hopefully folks are watching if they want to try to guess in the uh, comment section, they can do that. And even the folks that are watching that are in the show and uh, meant to offer that to some of our other guests as well. But if Aisha wants to try to guess who these people might be, uh, two of them have affiliations with Australia. And I did that because of one of my other uh, producers here. So I promised him I would get some folks from Australia on as my folks, as the mystery guests and all. But as I'm strolling these clues on the uh, screen and everything, if uh, Asha, if you've got anything that you want to share with folks about uh, one, how they can reach you, how they can learn more about your performance and your website and any words of advice that you have for other performers and other people that are in the uh, entertainment game, then this is your opportunity to give words of advice to others that are trying to do what you're doing and other also your chance to network with other people that might be watching about ways that they can reach you. So both uh, offer you a chance to give words of advice and also a chance to tell folks how they can reach you as well. Okay, well, my words of advice would always be do not ever give up. Do not ever give up. I'm 46 years old with four children. Um, two of them are grown. The other two are younger. But I, the one thing that I tell them all the time, the thing that y'all going to learn from mama is to never give up on your dreams ever never ever 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 if i don't care if someone tells you you can't do it i don't care if they say what well, your idea is stupid it doesn't sound right it doesn't look right don't take that don't take that advice and if you do take it and make you strong to make you stronger Look, always step your game up. Constantly be trying to improve yourself because we all need improvement somewhere, sometime. So even me as an artist, I've grown over these past eight years. So and I'm still growing and still learning. If you know anyone that you can do as a mentor, as far as gaining knowledge, that's the best thing to do. But if not, do your research. Get online. Check things out. Read books. If the library is your friend, so um, that would be my advice. Don't give up because it was a lot that did try to stop me and are still trying to stop me right now today. But uh, they're not going to win because I'm not going to give up. And you shouldn't either. Um, as far as my music, I'm on Facebook. Asha Fire Harris is A-H-S-H-A-F-I-Y-A-H. And it is a space between that Asha and that fire. Uh, so uh, you can find me. Just Google me and you'll find all my performances on Facebook. Again, I share I share all the time what I do. If I'm performing, I'm going to go live. So if you want to know what I'm doing, that's the best thing. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Definitely, and I appreciate you sharing that way that folks can reach you and all of that. And definitely, I know one of the things that people will be encouraged by is that you're not letting the folks, the fact that you've got uh, children, stop you from uh, pursuing your dream. Because like you said, you've got two grown kids, I think, and two that are younger, but you are still while being a mother and still doing the whole virtual education thing. So I know that that's got to be really interesting, balancing both your nine to five job, your uh, performance career, and also being a parent as well. So how are you managing to balance all of that in this pandemic age that we live in? Because that's a lot to balance. And I know 
a lot of folks would probably love to hear how you're going about balancing it and what advice you would give to others that are trying to balance similar things. Okay, well, as, as far as how I balance the two, uh, I also work, and I just got off work earlier today. So um, what I do is um, I, I pretty much I, I focus on my family, of course. That's always going to be first, no matter what. My, my children are always going to be first. But um, my children are very understanding since I've been on this journey a long time. They actually were my first audience. But before I actually got out here and tried to do it, they started out being my first audience. So they know that this is very important to mama. And, and and I teach them to write. It's not just about me being a writer. I teach them to write because a lot of times we have things we need to express and we don't know how. And the best way to do that is write. So I, I, I've always taught them to write, book, write, sing, do a lot of different things. Uh, but I don't want them to just think that they have to sing. They can do whatever they want, but whatever it is, don't give up and they're going to always do it. And how I just balance it is when I have a show. I always let them know, yo, have an interview. I let you so that that way, if there's anything going on, we can set a time to rearrange it, or I can make sure that I'm scheduling whatever it is. That makes a lot of sense. That I have going around what needs to go on with the children. I'm always taking them and them first, no matter what. So I just try to balance it out that way, and I do a lot of meditating. <laughs> try to stay grounded. Yep. Definitely staying grounded is a very important thing. You definitely have to stay grounded. There is no doubt about that. There's no doubt that we all have to stay grounded on a regular basis. So definitely, Asha, you definitely shared a lot of wisdom. I know that my other guests did as well. So as I was saying, uh, I know you shared already some of your thoughts that you wanted to give and everything. But if you want to give one more uh, final thought, and then, like I said, I will reveal the mystery guest, and that'll wrap up this particular edition of an extended version of the online dinner party. But definitely, there were so many great conversations that I couldn't even wind up stopping it because it was so enjoyable and so much was being learned and everything. So if you've got anything else that you want to share other than what you've already shared, this is your opportunity to do that. And in a matter of a minute or so, I will reveal who our mystery guests are. And that's what some of these clues that have been rolling across have been and everything. So one of them is definitely involved in the world of sports. We know that because they're involved in exercise and all of that. So definitely, uh, if you've got any guests, you can clear, you can try to take your guests if you've been watching and paying any attention. So if folks are uh, listening and want to try to guess, this is the opportunity to do that right now. But uh, Asha, if you've got any final things that you want to share with people about your life there in Texas or about what you're doing, or if you've got any performances coming up in the near future, this is your chance to do that right now. Okay. All right. So everybody, uh, I do have a new single out. It's called Get Gone. Again, it's available on all music platforms. So that's Amazon, iTunes, Apple Music, Google. There. I, it, it, I share out everything that I'm doing on Facebook. Again, Facebook is going to be your friend when it's dealing with me because I'm always on Facebook doing what I do. Um, I am doing a new video for Get Gone as well. So, And I do have other singles going to be dropping. I have an app that's actually in the process getting printed and distributed so i'm working on that album i'm working on that video and like i said my merchandise as well so the best way to keep up with what i'm going to have going is again facebook and it's asha fire harris or you can google asha fire either one you'll be able to find me and like i said all over the social media, over the streaming sites you can purchase get gone on all of those social medias 
Well, I appreciate you being on. Like I said, appreciate the rest of the guests being on as well. So definitely uh, we learned a lot about what's going on in the world of wellness as well as the world of activism and a number of other things along those lines. So appreciate you for joining us and hopefully we'll get you back on in the near future as well. I know we tried to get you on on the Monday show, but now folks were cutting up and acting really crazy with their nature when we could quite get you on, but we did get you on this time, but do know that you are always welcome to come back on whenever you've got new things out or you want to share any of your new work or new poetry or any of your old poetry as well. So we are always looking forward to uh, sharing uh, the gifts of our many friends and our many uh, folks that we are involved with. So you do have a home here at IBM.TV. So if you've got anything that you want to share in the near future, just reach out to me or reach out to some of the other producers that we can definitely get you on again in the okay. near future. It was great having you on as a guest and definitely glad that you were able to join us on this show. So definitely uh, glad that you were able to be here with us on this time. Well, thank you again for inviting me, and I, I, I really enjoyed the, this this time with everybody. It was just beautiful. I'm, I'm really I'm more inspired now than I was before I got on here, so I, I really appreciate it. Good. Well, we're always glad to share inspirations and get people inspired. And definitely, like you said, you heard a lot of messages today that got you even more inspired and all of that. So definitely appreciate you saying that. So definitely, as I was saying, we're... Uh, putting on those clues and one of them is about the singer that sang strange fruit so a lot of folks should hopefully be knowing who that is and everything so if they don't know we're about to reveal our mystery guest for today so of course this mystery guest is actually having a movie made in a foreign country about them so he has one of our mystery guests and i'm here to bring up the uh, images of our various mystery guests and all of that as we get ready to wrap up the show and get ready to wind it all down and all of that but one of the mystery guests that we had, I know a lot of folks will probably uh, recognize uh, who these folks are and be able to identify them and all. So uh, one of the mystery guests that we had was none other than this particular gentleman. Um, and of course, a lot of folks will know and recognize none other than this lady. And that is, of course, Billie Holiday. That's right. Billie Holiday was one of our mystery guests. So Billie Holiday was one of our mystery guests today. That's actually the one that did Strange Fruit. And I understand that one of our foreign countries is doing a movie about them and all of that. And like I promised, um, none other than uh, Shaquille, who is that representing Australia here on IBM.TV, I was going to get some Australians on as well. So that being said, another one of our mystery guests, and you heard them say that his uh, former coach was a coach of a Los Angeles team. That would be, well, I should say his current coach is a coach of a Los Angeles team, but that would be none other than the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. Doc Rivers was the coach of the Clippers and is now the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, which means that he's coaching this man, who is apparently known for having some very expensive items, but also being very involved in activism because of some things that happened in his own life. So that would be none other than Ben Simmons. That's right. Ben Simmons does have Ben Simmons does have a dual citizenship with both Australia and America. So Ben Simmons is one of my Australians that is the basketball player from the Philadelphia 76ers. So once again, our other mystery guest for today is Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. And the final mystery guest, that's right, I decided to give Shaquille a third mystery guest from Australia. And that would be none other than this lady who did the Olympic Flames and did the Olympic Flames several years back. 
that being the great runner from Australia who is of Aborigine descent, none other than Kathy Freeman. That's right. This is Kathy Freeman, and that is our other person from Australia. So, like I said, Kathy Freeman was my other mystery guest as well. So, like I said, a lot of engaging conversation and all of that. So, I do want you to check out some of our other amazing shows that exist here on IBM TV. So, I'm gonna bring up some of their spots. But don't forget to check out American Politics on Fridays. That's right. That's on Friday evenings. And that is another great show. So I'm here to bring up American politics and then maybe a couple of other things as well with our shows and then wrap up this extended edition of the online dinner party. Our time to shine It's our time 
Odd time to grind. It's the fall. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.